Hey, hit some modifiers. Don't forget to follow at Pod and check out our Patreon. Stick around through the end of the episode for more information. Enjoy! Insourceled, a low-key, hate-free, HP, D&D podcast. There is no room for hate here, only education and helping one another. Hogwarts will always be here to welcome you home. Last time on Insourceled, Celeste is introduced to her new life as a celebrity being the teen daughter of the most powerful sorcerer in the UK, and some would argue, the world. Her mother is at King's Cross to pick her up from school for once, and after making a show for the press, they head home where Claire requests a discussion with Celeste. In a turn of events, she asks Celeste what she wants to do when she grows up, and surprisingly shows support for Celeste's honest ambitions. It doesn't come without a warning, however when for the first time, she encourages Celeste to explore options outside of the Sanctum. They get interrupted in the middle of a moment, and Celeste is left alone in her mother's office. She takes the opportunity to steal the mysterious wand in her mother's desk and sneak another peek into her parents' memoria, and discovers five new memories that takes her on a journey briefly throughout her parents' love story. She discovers that her parents talk about her way more than she originally thought, and that her mother was under the impression that Celeste hated her, and, despite her best efforts, she was more like her own father as a parent than she'd ever wish. The next day, Celeste partakes in an interview conducted by Margarita Mosquito, a famous reporter who's never been on good terms with Claire, as she does an investigative profile on the new Minister of Sorcery. Celeste knocks it out of the park, but does make a comment about her mother being viewed as a robot. When it's Claire's time to be interviewed, things heat up as both reporter and subject passively battle it out using false politeness and dramatic responses. Post-interview, Claire storms off and vents openly about Mosquito to Calvin and Celeste, showing more fire than the usual frigid iciness she's usually known for. Once Claire has calmed down, however, she invites Celeste to help her pick out her outfit for the swearing-in ceremony, and the two share a bonding moment. Claire is sworn in as Minister of Sorcery and gives an emotional speech, attributing her success to her family, Calvin, Celeste, Cato, and Calliope. The weekend ends with Claire and Calvin's 20th wedding anniversary party, where Celeste mingles with the guests. Henry Porter reveals the wand Celeste stole belonged to her grandfather before he was incarcerated, and that it was, in fact, put into Claire's care to watch over during his life sentence. Celeste also chats with a pair of sanctum workers who happen to be Maggie and Catherine's parents. Their mother works in the source and gamut, but their father is quiet about his position, insinuating that it was not to be spoken about. Finally, Celeste discovers that family friends she hadn't seen since childhood were attending the party, and they brought Celeste's best friend from birth, Myra. The two were reunited, and sparks definitely flew once they began discussing their mutual homosexuality. Returning to the party, Calvin let Celeste know that he knew she had discovered the memoria and knows what she had seen. It's a short conversation before he began the speech he prepared for Claire, leading into Claire playing the composition she had written for him on the piano. Celeste catches something unusual out of the corner of her eye. Following an unknown elderly woman into an empty parlor, she discovers that her grandmother, Claire's mother, had come to find her and meet her. She passes off a family heirloom to Celeste, a ring filled with ancient magic and a promise of a relationship and good intentions. Mysterious relatives and rings aside, let's begin. Welcome back to Ensorcelled. This week we have Holland Lane Curtis. Ren D. Tierney. The D stands for definitely not stressed about doing a one-shot on her own again because that was a bit intense last time. 
and I'm your DM, Harley Ann Culp. At the age of 24, I got gout and sat on the floor of my hallway and cried because I have old man feet. Um, <laughs> today's gonna go great, guys, because we did so uh, well last time. Um, <laughs> for those who may not know, our, our wonderful, um, we have a few editors in the editor process, but um, Darling Willow, who plays Imogen, she had to sit and listen to a full hour and a half that got basically crunched into 10 minutes of Harley and I just fucking around. Um, so Willow, when you hear this, I am sorry. Um, I'm, I'm sorry that we've put you through this because I know there will be something to put you through. <laughs> Honestly, at the end of this one shot, I think there'll be something to put all of our listeners through. Let's dive in, shall we? The summer of 2011 looked to be an average one for Ren D. Tierney. That was until she received an owl informing her of a scholarship to the top-tier broomzoom camp in all of the world. An anonymous donor sponsored her and three others to attend the camp in order to improve their broomzoom skills. That's how she ended up spending a month in the woods with Lou, Ross, and Teddy. Of course, they weren't the only ones there, as players from other schools' teams throughout the world attended. That's how she found herself, the last one of her friends standing and waiting to be picked up from camp. Lou had already been picked up by her dad, and Tenny and Ross had both gotten a ride home from Professor Jameson. At this point, even the camp counselors were leaving. You look over to see Thea Hart, who happened to be your counselor, saying goodbye to a group of her friends. Since graduating Hogweed a few weeks ago, she'd been picked up by the Bollyvale Valkyries as a pursuer alternate, recruited by Jenny Porter. She starts training in a week. Just past Thea, you see two of the other counselors saying a very lengthy goodbye, but this wasn't too unusual for you to see, as Leo and Amar hadn't been able to keep their hands to themselves the entire month at camp. Finally, <laughs> finally, your dad's minivan pulls into the pickup loop and stops right in front of you. He hops out of the driver's seat and comes around the back, tapping the door to the trunk and letting it automatically float upwards. He walks right up to you, his smile indicating he was very excited to see you, and he wraps you in a hug. Hey there, sport. Glad to have you back. Did you have a good time? Hey, uh, yeah, it was so much fun. I, I, I made, I, well, I didn't, I didn't really make new friends. I, I kind of already had the old friends, but I, I made new rivals. So that's even better. And it was really fun. I have so much, I have to tell you, there was a, there was a competition that we had, uh, at the, the end of the day, the last day. And it was really, she just goes on for a long time. <laughs> He, uh, he helps get your duffel bag in the car, and you see him clock both Leo and Amar completely wrapped in each other's arms. He quirks an eyebrow and smirks, shaking his head and glancing sideways at you. He sighs and says, ah, young love. They're adorable. He pats That's you- That's my team, Captain! Which one? I point. <laughs> He's like, you know, that really doesn't- they're, they're kinda- can't really distinguish with a point. They're- Maybe I we should the leave them be. We should leave them alone. <clears throat> Yeah, it looks like they're busy. Um, he pats you on the shoulder uh, and climbs into the car, expecting you to join him in the front seat. He straps himself in with the seatbelt and begins to pull out of the camp. He says, sorry your mother isn't here with us. She has a big pitch for an ad campaign tomorrow and had to spend some extra hours at the office, but she sends her love. So he smacks his hands on the steering wheel and says, tell me about everything you learned. So what did I learn, Harley? <laughs> Um, good question. So you, you yeah, basically, it is a good question. <laughs> um, you learned about uh, the love two men can have for one another. Um, <laughs> All right, okay, you gotta stop. You gotta stop. 
you learned uh you learned a lot of new strategies most of which involve uh you staying on your goddamn broom for once um you worked on your speed um and and you ran drills every day um and you also learned a lot about how other countries play broom zoom and their strategies and basically what what their players uh and systems look like as well so so you you just got a, a big nice uh rounded knowledge of broom zoom both in uh in in how to play and tactics and also history and and all of that while of course having fun with your friends um i definitely tell him that <laughs> yeah no i i think i um i get into the specifics about how um there are other techniques um in different countries of how to play broom zoom mm. um probably outline any of the strategies that are similar to strategies in other sports so my dad can connect with it i also tell him about probably there was at least one look i know it's i know it's broom zoom camp but i feel like if there wasn't like an official food eating competition i think she probably would have made one happen like a marshmallow eating competition or something oh you know, absolutely so um you played a hearty game of chunny of chubby bunny great uh did i win can i roll for winning roll roll for it <laughs> what should i add to that is that a constitution <laughs> saving throw yeah constitution saving throw that's an 11. <laughs> your competitor rolled a 17. Aw, man. So you you got second place, but I have a feeling that it's only going to fuel uh, fuel your ambition to win a chubby bunny contest in the future. I'm just going to have to work harder, that's all. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> you got to run some chubby bunny drills. Yeah, um, but I think for like a good solid 20 minutes, Ren just talks <laughs> uh, about all the things. Um, maybe like has a few moments to breathe here and there but then she's like oh uh how's how's it been for you dad how long have i been at this camp a month okay so it's been a, a month time. camp yeah um and you went pretty much right after you got home like like it happened really fast um so uh your your dad's a really great listener he just he you know he nods he responds he has questions all of that um of course very very interested in in broom zoom uh, as it's now his favorite sport um so he says oh you know uh good you, you know your mother and i have gotten used to kind of being the only ones around the house with you gone all year um so it wasn't that different but we definitely did miss you of course and you know it's always nice to spend time with your mother and you know she uh she she doesn't like uh having to do some of the workouts with me in the morning because i like a running buddy but she's a good champ oh, dad no don't make mom run I know. It's so good for her, though. But if you don't like running, then it's just excruciating, you know? If you do yeah. like running, then it's fine. Well, you she'll be a dog. A... You should get a dog, Dad. A dog? Yeah, to run with you. I do like dogs. Do you think Mom would be mad if we just showed up with a dog? I think she would, unless it was really cute. Maybe we should make a pit stop on the way home. Let's make a pit stop as we get home. <laughs> These two are disasters together. So um, I'm I'm not saying that friends' impulsivity isn't hereditary, but it is also <laughs> learned behavior. A hundred percent. Um, Ren's poor mother trying to keep these two in line when they're together is just nightmarish. 
so yeah, you know, he he talks and and, he, and after you know a moment or so, he says, you know, we we didn't really get to chat about your last semester either. You're whisk you're whisked away to camp so fast. How was it? Anything to note? Um, well, now that you mention it, there, yeah, it was it was pretty. It was it was a bit different than um than than first year for for sure. Um, Ren is already red. <laughs> he uh he's like. Oh yeah, how so? You know, um, Broom Zoom took up a lot of time. We had some um, some special classes too. There was um, there was some some uh, some tutoring and, and practicing, and uh, um, I think I maybe have a girlfriend. Uh, he uh, he doesn't say anything at first. He continues driving, but he's nodding like you're continued talking, and then he. He takes a second and he goes, "What do you mean?" Well, you know, there words haven't been used yet, so I, that's why I, I said kinda because I don't really know. Um, and and we haven't like, you know, we haven't like gone on a date or anything. But um, so I don't have, I I don't is is it like is it your date friend if you go on dates or is it like, is it a uh, do you call it a girlfriend if 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 she's a girl or like I don't I don't really know the um specifics of the. Okay, uh, I didn't expect to have this conversation with you at 13, but okay, so here's I'm the steps 14. of dating. Oh, right, I'm 13. Yeah, sure, Dad, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right. So uh, here's here's how this goes. Uh, girls are weird, no offense, but uh, what happens is that- Oh no, Dad, don't do this to me, please, no. <laughs> So when you start dating a girl, nope, they're like Dad, weird nope. stages. Stop it. And it starts with like interest. And it's never really straightforward. Dad. And then somehow it kind of turns into this dating stage where like you don't know what to call each other. And sometimes Dad, you're exclusive. Sometimes you're not. And then after that, someone Dad. has to ask to be like girlfriend, girlfriend, I guess. Um so I don't really know who that would be. Um, someone I don't know. Someone's got to say something though. That's the that's the thing is is you've gotta you gotta either ask or wait to ask. Oh, okay. So you're saying you're saying I have to talk to her. Usually, uh huh. So does this mean you're like a lesbian? Huh. I never thought about it like that. I can't. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, typically when um, a girl is dating another girl, uh, that means they're gay of some kind. Are you gay of some kind, Dad? Is that why you know all these things? <laughs> <laughs> of some kind. I mean, I know you love mom, but like there's a, there's a couple different kinds, like you said. Well, you know... In college, a lot of people experiment and try things out. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the only person who... <laughs> Actually, I really wish I hadn't asked that question. Um, okay, this is... Somehow this is both a very easy conversation to have and also one that is extremely difficult. And I don't know how to grapple between those two things. Um, well, I don't think we could ever prepare for this kind of conversation. I mean... If you ask mom, she probably has, like, note cards. 
That's fair. Well, I mean, I think I think the real question is, do you like any boys at all, or has it just been? Oh, you mean like 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 like? Typically, yeah. No. Okay. Well, that kind of clears it up then. Okay. Cool. Um. So, <laughs> what's she like? Is she pretty? Oh my. Yeah. I mean. Um. I'm re- I'm I'm short circuiting like Ren today. Sorry, give me one second to like. <laughs> I know it is always hard like... to talk about cute girls. No, but I feel like this <laughs> this conversation is just going downhill, <laughs> but not even in like a fun way. It's just <laughs> just give me one sec. He's just so casual about it. He's just so casual. <clears throat> I was not expecting to have this conversation this quickly. Um. <laughs> You're the one. He he was just like, "How was your semester?" And you were like, "Girlfriend." Well, he asked. <laughs> Red is the worst at being in the closet. She's really, she's really bad at it. She has no idea where the closet is. <laughs> no, she's never been in the closet. She she's wandering around with a clothes hanger. Like, where does this go? Oh my god. Okay, what did you ask me? Uh, is she cute? Is she pretty? Tell oh, me about her. Uh, um, uh, oh, well, um, so, so her, her name is, is Catherine, but she, she asked me to call her Kat, and she's, um, she's a year above me, and, and we're on the Broom Zoom team together, and she's, she's really good at Broom Zoom, um, actually, uh, she, she's, she's an attacker, so, um, she's, she's, she's really, really strong, and, um, it, and, and she's really good at Broom Zoom, and, and she's, she's nice, and, um, and and uh, well, her ha- her hair used to be blonde, but then she she cut it and dyed it pink, and um, and now it it she uh, um it sh- she looks like cotton candy, and um, um, and and, and she's really good at broom zoom. So, sh- short answer, yes. What was the question? Your father is very amused. Um, <laughs> he's like, she sounds great. She, so she's she was that blonde attacker on your team. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember if you'd you'd um, you'd seen her or not, but yeah. Mm-hmm. She she seems very talented. Yeah, yeah. We we have um, we have a lot of practice sessions, and she's been helping me not jump off my broom as much. Good. Um, definitely something we support. Um, well, I mean, like, if it's for the game, Dad. No, sorry, you're right. You're right. I'm trying not to do that. It makes my friends stressed out and makes them think that I'm going to die. So I need to not do that anymore. I cannot joke about it. <clears throat> Good. Um, this semester has been a lot, Dad. <laughs> it sounds like it, but it sounds like, you know. Oh, it's I broke been my a leg. Good one. Uh, um, sorry? But I, it was fixed, like, almost immediately. So. But did I did it hurt? break my leg. It, yes, it very much hurt, like, a lot. Um, and it, it was incidentally from jumping off my broom and my friends were not happy with me, but I apologized and I said I wouldn't do it again and I haven't yet and I won't. I won't. <clears throat> good. Uh, strongly encourage you not jumping off your broom, but sounds like it was a good semester and I am glad you had a good time and that you have a girlfriend that you like and I hope I can meet her one day. Oh, um I I mean if you if you yeah um I, I mean I'd have to ask but if you if you wanted to you you could 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So after a long road trip consisting of several hours of catching up, talking sports stats, girlfriends, and your dad's embarrassing but very heartfelt belting to classic rock, you finally arrive home. Your mother had also just arrived back, still wearing her office clothes and carrying a bag of your favorite takeout. She kisses you on the head affectionately and begins setting up the food. It might be takeout, but it's still the healthiest option for you. Roasted veggies, grilled chicken, salad, brown rice are plated and set on the table while your mom waits for both of you to wash up. Thaddeus is exceedingly happy to see you. Your giant orange cat sits directly in front of you and meows up at you, requesting an aggressive amount of affection before he will forgive your absence. Uh, you have a feeling your parents may have been a bit stingy on the treats for his liking. So he just he looks up to you and he just goes, meow. I immediately pick him up and you cannot see half of my torso or any of my face anymore because he is just that huge and fluffy. Such a giant ass cat and I he just loves lay you so him much. On me. He's he's probably like 25 pounds. <laughs> he's he's strong. He's a strong cat. He is a cat the size of a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best cats. So uh, your parents sit down in their usual spots and begin dishing out the food, your dad adding extra chicken to your plate and giving you a cheeky wink. Uh, your mom begins to tuck in and says, Ren, dear, catch me up. I feel like I've missed a lot. Oh, I have a girlfriend. Oh, well, I haven't asked her if she's my girlfriend yet. Um, and I, I guess that is her decision. And we haven't gone on dates, so I, I, can't, I can't really say that we're dating. But uh, there's a girl that I like, and I think she likes me back. Oh, uh, she looks over at your father and she's like, so you're uh you're dating well yeah i'm 14 well um i'm third she just looks at her plate and eats, <laughs> eats some... right you're 13 so i 14. guess mm -hmm. 13 so i guess that um i suppose it makes sense um we don't have to have a conversation though i promise we don't we don't have to talk about the things that i think that you're thinking about already had that class mom we're all good Okay, um, that's fine. Uh, is she nice and respectful? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's that's all that matters. <laughs> Sorry. This is so awkward. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, uh, she, she's like, oh, that's all that matters. And she, she, uh, takes a bite of her food and she looks up at her father, at your, at your father, not hers. Fuck. She looks up at your father and she goes, you owe me twenty dollars. What, mom? What? What? You know, it's twenty for what? Gas, mom. <laughs> uh, she she says, well, your father and I may have made a bet when you were very young about whether or not you would like girls. Dad, is that why you were asking for the label earlier? Is that what you were trying to get? He's like, well, I I personally bet that you were a lesbian and your mother thought you were um, bisexual. So, uh, yes, and and I do fully get that $20. Yep. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I am also wondering, since you decided that you were going to bet on your child, can I also have uh, $20 to spend in the near future? Just so this, is sta this stays between the three of us, you know? <laughs> blackmailing your parents um your father uh looks up at your mother and, and and he's like i feel like it's only fair if money's exchanging hands 
Come on, Dad. Fine, but just this time. And he reaches into his wallet, and he pulls out a 20, and he smacks it on the table. I give it to Thaddeus to hold. <laughs> he eats it. No! He, he, I imagine... I like to imagine that he has, like, a little a little cat harness that has, like, teeny tiny pockets and little things, so I put it in one of his pockets. Just let me have this, please. Theater of the mind, come on. Fine. If you had put it, if you put it in his mouth, he would have eaten it, but you put it in his little backpack. I look um, at my mom. Mom? I hold out my hand. <laughs> the audacity! Um, um she's it. a serpentine for a reason. She glares at you and she says, just this time, and hands you another 20. Well, it should only be just this time if this is the only bet you and dad made about me. Your parents exchange a glance and then just go, yep, mm -hmm, the only one. I love you. (laughs) Just then you hear a clink, clink, clink against the window in the dining room. Uh, You turn to see an unfamiliar owl sitting outside looking at you expectantly. That's for me. Give me a sec. Oh, you stared at me like the owl. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So you go and you open the window of the dining room and the owl like hops in and it's like, whoo, and it has a little letter attached to its leg. Thaddeus hisses at it. Um, (laughs) I, I pick off the... I, I give the owl a little bit of a little bit of chicken <laughs> and I, I take the thing off. Um the owl uh the owl owl sits there and kinda like bobs around a little bit as you read it. The letter is of course addressed to you. Uh, undoing the wax seal on the back, you pull out the piece of parchment. It says, Ren, uh, I hope you had a good time at camp. Still so jealous you got a scholarship, but you deserve it. Once you're settled in, I'd love to hang out if you're free, if you want. I can set up a floof so it's just super easy. Just let me know. My summer's pretty chill, so I got a lot of free time. Miss seeing you every day. Cat. Your mom clears her throat and asks, <clears throat> Who's that from? Huh? What? So, uh, sorry, what'd you say? The letter. Who? Uh, who's that from? Letter. What letter? I don't. Uh, what? Hmm. In your hands, right now. Oh, this this letter. Um, I, I, it's you know, it's some it's from it's from it's from Cap it's from Captain. Uh, your parents look at each other and they both at the exact same time go, oh. <laughs> um, and your father kind of leans forward and he's like, "What's it say?" Um. Well. She just hands him the letter. <laughs> he reads it out loud um, t- uh, for your mother as well. And they both... Uh, she just buries her face in her hands. <laughs> um, especially at the miss seeing you every day, they're both like, aww. Don't um, go! You should absolutely go hang out with your girlfriend. Okay, well, I, you know, I, I know that I said that word, and I, I, that's, I, I feel like that's a strong word, and I, that's not a word that has been used before or discussed. So maybe we should, you know, not, not, not use that word as much. Um, that's, that's on me. That's me. That's, um, that's, that's my bad. <clears throat> your mom says, "Fine, then you should go hang out with your lady friend." Oh, that's worse. Nope, that's worse. This is fun. I'm having a fun time. This is excruciating. <laughs> <laughs> She says, well, why don't you, why don't you write her back and tell her absolutely tomorrow? Tomorrow? Okay, no, yeah, it's, uh, that's totally, that, that, that is so fine. 
um, I'm so I'm so chill. That's I I'm going to write on this and say exactly how chill I am about this. It's super super chill. Totally fine. Not at all nerve wracking. Okay. Okay, I'm writing. I'm writing right now. Please tell me what you write. I think I write, hey, Catherine. I scratch out Catherine. Cat. <laughs> that sounds wonderful scratched out. Amazing scratched out. Great, exclamation point. <laughs> I am free whenever scratched out. Tomorrow, question mark. <laughs> if you are also free, parentheses, no stress if you're not um just let me know if you're if you're not free and then we won't even have to worry about it and then yep uh scratch all of that out from parentheses tomorrow sounds great exclamation point smiley face scratched out smiley face text nope call nope floof floof me best comma red <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> Red is a mess. This is such a mess. Um, I need that. I need to see that like typographed. <laughs> uh, you send this letter with the owl, um, who gives you an absolutely judgmental look, kind of like pull yourself together, woman. I deserve uh, that. <laughs> and the owl flies away. Um, later that evening, you get a response that just says, "See you tomorrow." Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Yep. Tomorrow. Okay. Um. This is not a drill. This is fine. We're fine. We have to clean the whole house. I don't know. She's not even gonna- she's probably not even gonna- How does floof work? <laughs> Can she see the house if she's floofing? Am I floof? What's happening? You get the impression from the letter that you are going to floof to Catherine. Oh, okay, so we're fine. We don't have to clean the entire house. So, uh, so what preparations do you make that night? you think I prepare for things? Um, okay, well, so I the think, next- <laughs> I think most of it is just um, stress, and I think she probably also goes out and does a little bit of, even though she just got back, a little bit of flying to ease some of her nerves. So the next morning, uh, you know, you do your usual morning routine. Um, you get you, you get up, you get going, you get ready. Uh, what, are you, what are you wearing today, by the way? Just curious. Oh no, she doesn't have anyone to help her not make bad decisions. She's gonna wear a white button-up and khakis. <laughs> no, she's gonna take the khakis off. She's like, regular, regular teenage girls don't wear khakis unless they have to, I think. Um, Mom, do I have any clothes besides khakis? Yes. Um, she she comes into your room and she starts. She looks at your outfit and she's like, "Oh, okay." Um, it starts ruffling uh, through your dresser. She goes like to the bottom drawers that are like untouched and like the back of her closet. She like whips a pair of jeans at you and she's like, "These you you're gonna wear these." I have jeans. Yes, and you never wear them. You're gonna wear them. Um, and she begins like rifling through your closet and she's like okay and she like pushes all of these like button-ups out of the way she's like t-shirts maybe like a t-shirt or like a cute top um just as a just for the record the jeans that i have have like that little embroidered heart thing on the back pocket 
that is like so 2011 you know exactly what i'm talking about oh oh absolutely so your mom your mom gives up looking for a shirt and she's like no no no, this won't do um hang on and she goes and she goes into her own closet and she pulls out a shirt and it's like um it has sleeves to the elbow it's a henley um it's like cute and it's not like super you know feminine but at the same time it's like you know it's kind of like nice and it's a it's a it's a like a dusty dark green kind of like a muted green um it'll make your eyes pop um and yeah she's like i think you look great in this where this maybe like some of your cuter sneakers and there you go that's all you need you're fine what are the difference between my cute sneakers and my not cute sneakers you know the ones that i bought for you and you said you don't like them because when you run in them like it doesn't secure your feet well enough and i said well no those are fashion sneakers and you said uh well i only wear sneakers if i can run in them yeah because i only wear sneakers if i can run in them honey you need to wear the fashion sneakers but what if i need to run they'll do you're not gonna be racing you don't know that mom (laughs) (laughs) just just Run, let me All have right, fine, this. fine. <laughs> she she wrangles you into like a pair of like black sneakers that are like not obviously not running shoes, but they're like kind of cute, like whatever. They're like Converse. You're if like I this doesn't give me enough. And pull something. I'm blaming you, mom. It's fine. You don't really need that much arch support for a date. What? You don't need arch support for a date. For for, a, sorry, what? Mom? She puts her hands on your shoulder and she like gets to your level and she's like, you don't need arch support for a date. So you, so you think, okay, so this, you, th- date, date, you know, forget I said anything. Date. She's like, okay. She like, she like walks with you like down the stairs to the living room, and she's like, okay, you don't want to be late to your. Should I- Mom, hang. should we bring deodorant with me? I feel like I'm gonna sweat. I feel like I'm gonna sweat a lot. Did you put any on? Yeah. And you'll be fine. What if I need more? You'll be fine, Ren. Trust me. But what if she thinks I smell bad? She's not. Ren, you're gonna be okay. Showing up with deodorant would be weirder. Just don't. Just, you're gonna be fine. Okay, I don't feel like I'm prepared for this, but okay. That's how all first dates feel. Okay, are you are you are you sure I shouldn't bring deodorant? I'm sure. Or maybe dear. a sweatband. No, nope, you're not gonna. You're not gonna need it. Okay, okay, okay. We're fine. It's fine. We're fine. This is fine. It's totally fine. Okay, I'm gonna go. Okay, have a good time and try to relax. Oh, I'm so relaxed. I'm I'm a-okay, mom. Bye-bye. So you climb into the fireplace and floof yourself over uh, to Catherine's. Um, you're whooshed from your fireplace to another one. The bricks surrounding you look quite foreign. Uh, you step out from the mantle, ducking and emerging into the home of one Catherine Kim. You might be relieved to find that it's not dramatic and oversized like the other sorcerer homes you've been in so far. In fact, it almost looks a bit more normal. It's still a nice townhouse, decorated in a lovely modern style. You see Catherine is sitting on the couch when you appear, and she stands up quickly, giving you a bright smile. Her soft pink hair is curled lightly and dusts the top of her shoulders. She's not wearing her uniform, of course, because it's summer. 
Uh, instead, you get a glimpse of her real style, which apparently includes black crop tops, green flannels, ripped jeans, and Doc Martin combat boots. And she says, hey, Ren. Ren stares at her for a full minute. She uh, she kind of looks back at you, um, and she laughs, and her cheeks go like a little bit pink, and she's like, uh, come in? Oh, hi! Hi! Um, <clears throat> it's, it's nice to, to, good to, hello. It's okay, I, I also get a little disoriented from Floof, but, um. Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's, it was the, the, the yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, uh, do you want a tour of the house? Tour! Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she takes you around the house. Um, whoever decorated this house clearly has delightful taste, as the muted blue-gray walls and white accents give a very calming vibe. Uh, it looks like it could be inside a magazine, always ready for guests. Catherine climbs the stairs up to the third floor, past room she explains as her parents, uh, her parents' bedroom and offices. And once she reaches the peak of the stairs, she swings open one of the doors and you enter a completely different world. It's a large, open bedroom, and the aesthetic doesn't match anywhere else in the home. It's bright and welcoming. The walls are a soft sage and have a beautiful paintings featuring bright colors covering them. There's a large wall of windows, one of which is open, letting in a gentle breeze. Plants are everywhere. Various shapes and colors of leaves and stems branch out, brushing each other, moving softly with the wind. There's a bed in the center of the wall on one side, and it looks to be made of light wood. The bedding looks like a plain white, but soft and bunched stylishly. It's made in an effortless way, but still looks very nice. A few feet away from the bed is a large swing hanging from a wooden beam in the ceiling. The seat looks more like a spot to lounge. It was wide and circular, with a cushion and a few pillows. It was large enough for two people, or for you to spread out. On another wall, there are a few bookshelves filled completely with a few stacks balancing on the edges. There's also a desk and another stack of books and a few small planters and an open notebook. In the last corner, there's an easel with what appears to be a half-finished painting. She goes and sits on the corner of her bed, crossing her legs. She says, this is my room. My parents never come up here, so they don't even know that I knocked down Maggie's wall and made my room bigger. Feel free to take a look around if you want. I can't hear you. I'm not saying anything. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I saw your mouth moving and I was like, oh, she's muted. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um. Plants. Plants. I I go over to one of the plants and I just start, like, petting one of the leaves. Like, mm-hmm. Plants. Good. Mm. I like plants. I, I think, like, slowly as... As I'm getting used to this space, I'm starting to get a little more communicative. <laughs> yeah. But not that much. <laughs> um, I think just kind of like trying not to be super intrusive, but also very curious about everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe so... going over to the art easel, checking the desk a little like, oh, cool knickknacks, you know. Okay. So if you, if you go over to the art easel... Um, you, you might look and see that the painting on the easel was already lovely to look at, even though it was clearly mid-process. Um, it was composed of wide, bold brushstrokes in pink, orange, and red. It appeared to look almost like a flame stretching upwards, though the shape of the flame resembled closer to the silhouette of a woman, reaching her arms up in a twirling of freeing dance, her head thrown back into the sky. Next to the easel were brushes sticking out hap haphazardly out of a mug and a few tubes of oil paint, halfway squeezed to death. This is, um, it's, it's beautiful. How long have you been working on this? 
Oh, um, thank you. Uh, that one has just been, um, I've only spent a couple of hours on it so far. Um, has a little bit to go. Um, she points at some of the paintings on the wall. Um, and she's like, I kinda, <laughs> I kinda have, um, a bit of a series going on. Oh, you, you made these as well? Mm-hmm, I did. Um, if you look at the paintings on the wall, uh, the paintings, uh, along the walls of the room were vividly bright. The colors were not quite aggressive, but more unashamed. It looked like, it looked like, as she said, a series. You could definitely see uh, each resembling each other, but they're also completely different. Um, bodies composed of colors twisting in different shapes sat against the white of the canvas. There were four distinct types of color palettes, um, those of reds, oranges, yellows, and fuchsias, a combination of greens, browns, rusts, and grays, a mixture of blues, purples, teals, and turquoise, and finally a much gentle flirtation of lilacs, periwinkles, creams, and blushes. The movements of the silhouettes are fluid and feminine, depicting wild gestures and poses with momentum. I think I, um, I think Ren just takes a few minutes to stare at them and appreciate them all um, individually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says, Have you ever thought about sketching during a broomstone practice obviously not one that not not one that we're practicing in but it seems like they look really free and it well it just reminds me of flying so um she she blushes slightly at that and she's like you know i, I never thought about it but um Wait, hang on. Uh, and she stands and she goes to uh, the night table next to her bed. And she picks up uh, this sketch pad that she has, um, along with a uh, enormous pencil that is sitting there. And she begins to, like, wildly uh, sketch something quick with, with uh, long and sharp uh, and then small and fluid waves. Um, and after a moment um, of, of her staring down at this this. Uh, paper and and biting her lip, furrowing her brows in in, uh, concentration. She uh, lifts it to you and says, kind of like this. Um, And you see that the lines um, with a quick glance look like scribbles. But when you look at it for longer than a moment, uh, you realize that um, it was one uh, one fluid stroke of uh, of a person a hand and a foot uh, attached to what appeared to be a broom um, with one hand outstretched in front and then one leg uh, in an arabesque in the air. Um, kind of this really uh, flourished, dramatic pose on a broom. Um, she's like, I mean, I know this isn't a standard broom zoom move, but I don't know. It's um, kind of a combination. It's beautiful. Thank you. You should... Um... I mean, if you if you want to, you should you should explore that more. It's it's really lovely. Thanks. It's um kind of my favorite thing to do. Well, that and um plants, of course. You oh you you um you you grow you you cultivate and grow plants. She gestures to the wall of plants, and she's like, "They're kind of my babies." Have you named them? All of them. Please tell me every single name right now. <laughs> She's like, well, uh, this is Felix the Fern. 
Um, and then uh, Peter the Palm. This is Fred the Fir. I don't actually know how big fir trees are. Uh, this it's a little is... big. It's a okay. little big. <laughs> Erase it. Uh, I don't know much about plants. Uh, she's, uh, this is, um, this is Rowan the Rosemary. I grow, I grow herbs as well. I was surprised uh, that it wasn't going to be Rowan the Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's Rosemary the Rowan. Oh, okay. That, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's Dylan the Dill. Um, and then uh, Clive the Chive. Clive the Chive, you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> um, she uh, she walks over to her desk, which is uh, very neatly organized. Um, if you look at the desk, the, the stacks of books on the corner appears to mostly come from the plant section, specifically plants that grow without sunlight. Um, underneath the plant books, there are presumably her textbooks. You can see that the open notebook has notes scrawled in a loopy, slanted handwriting. Specifically, there are notes on maidenhair ferns. Um, there's a book beside it sitting on a page with a beautiful illustration of a plant with tiny leaves branching out elegantly. The planters are very adorable, with tiny succulents of varied forms and colors sit clustered together, and if you look at the right angle, you see there are tiny faces painted onto the planters. She uh, she comes over to her desk and like pats uh, pats a stack of books, and, she, and she's like, actually, I'm doing some research right now to see if there are any plants that I could grow in the dorm room, um, because, you know, there's no sunlight, because we're in the dungeons, and um, I don't want to just leave them willy-nilly outside on the ground, because someone could do something, or, you know, they could get too much sun and I don't have time to really, like, go back and forth and make sure they're, you know, whatever. So I'm looking at uh, plants that don't really need much sunlight. Um, actually, I could, uh, I could ask Imogen. She knows a lot. She knows a lot about plants. And I bet she'd be more than happy to help you research. Um, she might even know some Ooh. off the top of her head. That would be excellent, because I'm just, I'm having a bit of a hard time with some plants because, you know, if they don't need sunlight, they need something else that is absolutely so drastic, or they need indirect sunlight, and we don't even get that in the dungeons because we're in the dungeons. In the Um, dungeons, right. Right, in the lake and the water. Um, Yeah, but uh, that would be, that would be great. Um, I would love, I'd love assistance and someone to talk about plants with because a lot of people don't really want to talk about plants and Professor Pup is lovely, but uh, he gets stuck on the same couple of plants and you know how that is. I know how that is. <laughs> well, I, I don't know much about plants, but I'm, I'm always happy to listen. Good to know. Do you like botany? Oh, um, you know, I... I'm kind of okay at it. Um, it doesn't seem like the plants like me very much, just based on experience. Um, but to be fair, only one plant has actually attacked me, so I don't know if I can count that as all plants not being a fan of me. Oh. So Catherine's, like, attacked by a plant. That's wild. Um, glad that you got out of there. Some plants are not to be messed with. Well, yeah, it was it was pretty poisonous. Um, but we, we found the antidote, luckily. Um, so, yeah. Jeez. I mean, do you just attract near-death experiences? I mean, I didn't think about it like that, but I guess. Well, that's good to know. I'll have to keep my eye out for you. I mean, it's only, it's only been like a couple times. I'm 14, and I have not had any near-death experiences so far. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So I might be the outlier. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. That is that is kind of my train of thought. That is interesting. I noted. Noted. As you and Kat are talking, uh, you suddenly hear a door downstairs. Catherine uh, sits up straight, uh, tilting her head, and she says, that's odd. Um, she pokes her head out of her door and looks back at you and says, my parents should be at work. Come on. Um, and she gestures for you to follow as she gently creeps down the stairs. Oh, um, yes. Are, should I have brought something to, to meet them when I meet them? Um... Oh, no, it's fine. Um, d- don't worry about it. Um, y- you can hear two voices uh, speaking in friendly tones. On the second landing, Catherine abandons her stealth and noisily makes her way down the stairs, turning around the banister at the bottom and into the kitchen. Uh, you follow behind her and see her cross her arms across her stomach. Dad, you're not at work? You see one of the men turn around at her voice and glance over at his company. He was a handsome Asian man with a natural charm and a casual smile, and he says, uh, No, I'm working on negotiations with an associate, and we wanted somewhere more private to discuss the details. He gestured towards the other man, um, whose face seems familiar, but the name at the tip of your tongue refuses to roll off. He says, uh, This is my colleague, Titus. Uh, Titus, this is my daughter, Catherine. Uh, and apparently her guest, whom I did not realize was here. Catherine's dad looks over at his daughter, looks over his daughter's head towards you expectantly. Uh, Catherine turns and gestures for you to join the conversation and says, Dad, this is Ren Tierney. She's a classmate of mine. And Ren, this is my father, Howard. Uh, Mr. Kim offers a hand uh, to you for a handshake. Um, I give him the, like most confident strong handshake that i could like you know a, a sporty handshake can i roll for it <laughs> yes roll for handshake <laughs> i'm trying to impress him you know because like dads like seeing somebody with a strong handshake <laughs> they really do what do i add to it <laughs> rank just my regular strength mod yeah that's a 17. <laughs> yeah you have a better handshake than he does um so yeah you give him a very impressive handshake and he looks impressed and he says uh nice to meet you um uh, catherine uh can i have a word with you in my office please just really quick um catherine purses her lips and turns giving you an apologetic look as she passes by and the two head upstairs and you are left alone with this familiar stranger um if you like you can roll a perception with advantage because you're like looking, to. you're looking at him. Titus, you say. You're not gonna believe me. It's not. I rolled a two and a three. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I hate you more than anything on this earth. You are dead to me. I'm gonna kick you, you out stop. of my home. You, you gotta stop putting Red in situations where she has to perceive things. <laughs> You're lucky I fucking planned for this shit. I knew you were gonna fucking pull this. God, fuck you. I didn't pull anything. It's the dice. The dice don't want me to perceive anything ever. She does not notice things. (laughs) So you're left alone with this man who's looking at you. And he says, Ren? So, um, Mr. Mr. Titus, um, you've been keeping up with, um, with the Broom Zim Cup. 
Ren, no, Ren, it's it's me. It's it's Ty. I'm, I'm using. Ty it's Ty. Yes, Where, I'm using. But, but he said your name was Titus. Ren, I'm using a glamour charm to adjust my features, and I'm undercover. What are you undercover? doing? In what? What are you doing here? What are you doing at Howard Kim's house? I'm I'm at Catherine Kim's house. What are you doing at Catherine Kim's? <laughs> what are you doing at Catherine Kim's house? I'm investigating her father. Well, when I'm invest, I'm in. Um, I'm not investigating her. I'm. Um, we're just hanging out, you know. He like squints at you. Um, and now, now that he's revealed that he's Thai, uh, you can kind of see that like it really does look like him, but it's almost like some of his features are kind of like wiggly. Like they just are not. Like you try and pay attention to them and you just your eyes kind of like blur a little bit. Like it just won't let you. Um but uh he says, So so you're not here trying to like sneak around or anything? Well, um, not for an invest uh investigative purposes. No, I'm sorry, she wouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, she wouldn't say okay. that. No. Wow. She, she would not say that. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Can't help it. Um no, I'm not- I'm not investigating anything! Catherine invited me over for, um, you know, for like a, a date or something, maybe. He like raises his eyebrows and he's like, a, you're on a- okay. Um, okay. I don't know! Maybe! That was- that word wasn't, like, explicitly used, so I don't know for sure! Okay, but- But I have my non-running shoes, tennis shoes on, so... It's a big deal. <sighs> Ty. Okay, listen, this is- I'm wearing jeans for this! <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. It's been stressful. I've been really stressed out about this. <laughs> what were you saying? This feels like it's very plot relevant. Please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't break my fourth wall. Um, <laughs> he says. Well, um, already did. She broke it upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he says. Um, Look, this is possibly the worst place on in the world for a date at, on this particular day. Howard Kim is a very dangerous man, and I suggest you get out of here as soon as you can. Something is going down, and it's not safe for you to be here right now, or her, for that matter. What? What are you talking about? Dangerous how? I, Who, who's he connected with? I, I can't talk about it. This is... Well, you're already talking about it, and now you've made me stressed out. Ty, you can't I'm do just, this. I'm just trying to give you a warning that you should get out of here. Um, the... Look, this is the- it, Do you want me to investigate while I'm here? What's going no, on? No, 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 no. I, I would like you to leave the house. He, Listen, this is the assignment that I was given at the end of the year, and it is rapidly coming to a close one way or another, and I'm not the only one involved in this, and not everyone is on my side. So this is just a very not great place to be right now, today, specifically. Hi, do you need- help no i'm fine it's i'm fine it's gonna be fine i know what i'm doing i'm just trying to get in and get out and i would prefer if you were to just see if you can get her out too because um, i don't know who's coming who okay all right um my instincts are telling me that i want to help you but i'm trying to be better about listening to other people when they tell me what they think is best for me um, I can call Henry so easily if you need it. No, no, no. I, I don't want to get anyone else involved. There's already too many parties mixed up in this. Trust me, 
it's it's just best if I get this over with quickly and just have it be done. Um, at that moment, uh, you hear footsteps uh, coming from above um, and you see uh, Ty back up and kind of like lean casually against uh, the counter like he hadn't just been telling you something's about to happen. Um, and you see Catherine and her father coming down I immediately the drop down and start tying my shoe. <laughs> if you look at Catherine, you can see that she does not look pleased. Um, and, and her father gives you both a smile and he jokes, apologies for leaving you alone with the child, Titus. I didn't mean to make you babysit. Um, and he shrugs and he replies, oh, it's fine. My boyfriend's family has a lot of kids, so I don't mind interacting with them. Um, Catherine's eye fly, eyes fly toward dad's face to gauge his reaction, her shoulders tensing up slightly. Um, Mr. Kim doesn't seem to react at all beyond saying, I appreciate your patience. Um, if you follow me to my office, we can work on this contract. I believe the girls are going to explore the village nearby. With a meaningful look thrown towards Catherine, uh, Mr. Kim turns and escorts Ty up the stairs. Catherine sighs and turns to you, and she says, Sorry about that. I swear he has a stick of his ass at all hours of the day. We we don't have to go to the village if you don't want to, though it does have some cool spots. Um, no, we 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 can. We totally can if, if you if you want to. Um, unless you unless you had some other other plans, uh, elsewhere. I honestly, um, I I I didn't. Are you sure I wasn't supposed to bring anything? I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, you're fine. I didn't even think you'd be meeting either of my parents right now, but uh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, he um, he seems very particular. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. He's just funny about his job is all. What's um, his job? But, uh, I actually don't know. Um, I know he does something with the Sanctum, but he hates it when I ask him and never tells me anything. Um, I know my mom is on the Source and Gamut, um, but uh, my dad is just kind of like, I don't know, he does something at the Sanctum. He's always just done something at the Sanctum. Something at the Sanctum. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know how adults are. Keeping yeah. their, their secrets <laughs> and all that. You've never been curious. I mean, sure, but you know, what can you do when someone doesn't want to tell you something, they're not going to. I mean, there are a couple things you can do, but I suppose some of them might get you into trouble. <laughs> but you didn't you hear seem that like you're me. getting into trouble often. Me? No, I would never. How many days of the last year did you spend in detention? Just curious. I honestly lost track after about 25 or 30. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, some of those were like a consecutive month of detention. So, right. Okay. So you see my point. Most of the time, I got in detention for a very good reason, and I would not take it back. She like snorts a bit, and she says, "Come on, let's just let's let's go." Okay. Uh, you she sure leads. You're sure it's okay to? Yeah, it's I fine. mean. Yeah. Okay. It's just a business. My dad does it all the time. I don't know. He's like. He's always looking for privacy for his job. I don't know, something weird with his coworkers. I don't know. So he brings people back all the time to talk to him in his office. So it's fine. It's normal. Okay. So Kat leads you out the front door uh, and onto a path that you can see leads to a small village center just a little ways away. After a moment of walking, she turns to you um, and she says, Really, though, I'm, I am sorry about him. Don't be. Um, we've kind of talked about it and kind of not so much, but... Um, when that 
when that guy mentioned um, his boyfriend, I noticed that you checked your dad's expression. Um, I just want to say, if, if you ever need to talk about it, I'm, I'm here. Um, Thanks. Um, I haven't really told my parents mm-hmm. about me yet. Um, I don't know how they react. Um, they don't really like much of anything that I do um and I know that like it's way more accepted in the last several years than it has been before but I can never really tell what my parents opinions on stuff are because they don't see that kind of thing fit to speak to a child about so yeah yeah well um if you ever feel like practicing um you could come out to my parents i mean they probably already well i i did only just tell them yesterday but they didn't seem too surprised um i actually did get like 40 dollars off of them because apparently they made a bet and then i made them feel bad about making a bet so um we do have some spending money Woo! they made a bet about you being the Yeah, it's all in good fun, though. It happens all the time. Um, my Wait, family who is, won? Like, really competitive. Actually, my dad won. Oh, okay. And your mom thought you were straight? No, no. My mom thought I was bisexual. Oh, okay. There is no, there is no world that anyone who has ever met me does not think that I like women. <laughs> I just gotta be honest with you, Kat. <laughs> I mean, you've met me. <laughs> you know, yeah, I did really pick up the vibe very quickly that's good that's the that's the goal no okay sorry that's too self-aware Ren does not know nope <laughs> take it back <laughs> take it back now y'all she's uh yeah she says I I have to be honest I I don't have much experience with um talking to parents about it unless you count literally yesterday but um I think I got a pretty positive response so um I I understand if you feel the need to keep it to yourself to keep yourself safe, you know? You don't have to... Just because you know, that doesn't mean you have to come out when you're still under, you know, under their roof. And if it feels dangerous or you're uncertain, then you don't have to put yourself at harm's risk, even if it... even if it's tough sometimes. I hope you can still live yourself fully and freely when you're at Hogweed, though. Thanks. I mean, I I do feel safe at Hogweed. And, you know, my sister knows and is ridiculously supportive. Um, seriously, it's it's a lot sometimes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I have I have my people, and that's, that's what matters. And I don't think I'm ever really going to have a good relationship with my parents, but that, I don't, I don't need that. I have... I have family elsewhere. Um, I think Ren takes her hand. Um, she uh, she gives her hand like a little squeeze um, as as gratitude for the support. Um, and she she clears her throat and she says, "You know what's fucking crazy? What? Professor Carver is married to the Minister of Sorcery. Isn't that just like fucking weird? It's honestly, I was." I was not, like, I knew it could be a possibility, but I was not expecting it. It kind of, um, 
it definitely blindsided me for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be pretty stressful for, for Celeste and her, her dad. Yeah. How's, how's Celeste holding up with all that, by the way, she okay? You know, I haven't actually heard that much from her. I, I just got back from my broom zoom camp, um, last night or yesterday, I guess. Um, I actually, I should probably send her a message. Um, did you see the article? The article? Yeah, the, the Daily Oracle um, did like a profile on um, Minister Chapman um, and her family like the first week right after she was um, she was like appointed minister and like they interviewed Celeste and Professor Carver and all of that and there's pictures and everything. You didn't see that? No. Oh my. Um, no, I, I didn't. I mean, it was it was pretty good. Um, you know, Margarita Mosquito's known for being ruthless, and she asks a couple tough questions, especially to Minister Chapman. And how does she but, still have a job? I'm, that's just what I'm wondering. You know, people just read her garbage for fun because she knows they know that it's just going to be bl- like a blood a bloodbath. But you know, Celeste interview seemed fine, except for that one part, obviously, where they like I don't know. They probably twisted her words or something, but calling her mom a robot ah oh oh boy yeah that's that's a um that's a tough one yeah i definitely need to send her send her an owl uh soon yeah it was um oh man it was fine except for that one part was a little hard to read because she also like literally two minister chapman asked her about being called the ice dragon which seemed kind of rude but I don't know. She handled it fine, I think. Oh, boy. Um, well, I feel like a bad friend now. I can't believe I didn't even know that happened. Well, you were away. I don't think they really have a lot of um, communication at the camp, right? Well, yeah. No, I mean, it It feels like it went um, in the blink of an eye. You know, it, it feels like I didn't even, I wasn't even there. It was so fast. Well, yeah, you know, th- things happen pretty quickly, and if you miss things, you miss things. But um, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure Celeste has also been really busy with, you know, minister-daughter things, and then also babies and whatnot. Right, right. Did they have to have, like, a a, a coronation? Or, nope, that's not the right word. Um, <laughs> the, um a swearing-in ceremony that one yes yeah they did uh they did they did that um actually they did that the day before uh professor carver and minister chapman's anniversary party which seems like it was probably like a crazy weekend um yeah but i think that i mean my parents went um to the party but i guess um i guess it was already planned before you know mr tetherbolt kicked the bucket so um i just think they ended up not canceling and just went through with it i think it would have been weird if they canceled though so yeah if it was a if it was a big old thing um yeah you didn't um you didn't end up going if your parents were invited no i didn't go i don't think they really wanted like kids there and also i didn't feel like playing dress up and talking to boring adults all night so i just i didn't go that makes sense yeah. Whew. Poor Celeste. I can't imagine. I mean, it just must be so much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. 
we're gonna At have to be a lot more careful <laughs> about not getting into the in the press. Don't want to give her a bad name with my um with my stunts. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, at that point, you you arrive at the entrance to the quaint village, and Kat holds out her arms in a sweeping gesture of announcement. Welcome to Godfrey's Hollow. Um, it's one of the few remaining sorcery villages in the UK. Um, directly in front of you is a massive bronze statue of a younger Henry Porter and an unfamiliar woman cuddled together holding an infant. It wasn't Jenny who he was next to, but whoever it was, they looked at each other with warm smiles. It also seemed that Henry was missing his signature scar on his forehead. Oh, so when you said, when you said village, you really, you meant, you meant here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you been here before? Yeah, I've, um, I, I have been, I have been here before. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got um. I've got. I've got. Um. I've got family here. I mean, I've got oh. uh, friends here. Yeah. Family. F- friends of family. You know. Gotcha. That's found, cool. Found family. Um, you know. F- found. Definitely found family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you explored before? In the village. You know. Um. Not. Not that much. Um. I was here just for for a couple days for you know a small event or two. Um last year last year year and a half ago oh my gosh time flies <laughs> uh oh cool well um she uh so if you if you look around you see that past uh, the statue of henry and this woman and a baby um you see uh there are plenty of shops you look to be uh on a main street type of situation with boutiques and glass windows lining the pavement um there are no vehicles and people are just openly walking along the paved pathways Catherine turns to you um and develops a mischievous grin and she says do you want to see the most hilarious thing ever oh uh sure (laughs) Um, she squeezes your hand that uh, she's holding and she pulls you off towards one of the side roads veering off the main street um, and she takes off running uh, dodging dodging people and ducking past trash cans um, she glances back uh, to make sure you're keeping up alright and flashes you a smile I knew um, I should have worn my running shoes I'm telling my mom <laughs> she was wrong <laughs> after a minute she stops directly in front of a window and she turns to face you to get your reaction though notably she doesn't drop your hand um, in big gaudy letters you see the words official Henry Porter Museum flashing uselessly in the daylight um, and she says this place is a disaster do you want to go inside and see all of the horrible pictures of Professor Porter as a child oh um <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah uh huh yeah Inside was just as bad as outside, in the sense that, as a person who knew Henry Porter personally, this was incredibly cringy. Photos of him lined the walls, and it took you through his life chronologically, documenting his story with artifacts and knickknacks collected from God knows who. Catherine has absolutely been here way too many times as she points out some of the more comical aspects to you. And then there's a wing that turns off the main room, and she tilts her head and says, this part is actually kind of cool if you want to check it out. I think I'm just looking at this stuff and, like, I'm laughing along with her, but it's actually making me kind of angry. Angie, Why? Because did anybody ask him if they could do this? This is an intense invasion of privacy. Isn't it, though? 
Mm-hmm. So she, I'm like laughing along with her and obviously it's it's nothing to do with Catherine and I'm glad she's finding joy in it, but I'm just like, there's just a little simmer. Just a little simmer. Yeah. So, uh, so you guys turned down uh, this hall um, and this hall uh, is all about what had come before Henry. It briefly discusses the events pre-Halloween 1981. As you walk along, looking at the pictures of these strangers, most of which died before you, you see a familiar face laughing in a photo of four men. In fact, this face occurs several times throughout the next stretch of wall. It's your father, who appears quite young in these photos, some of which he even wears a hogweed uniform. He looks pretty happy in these photos, most of which include the other four men, if not more people. You see him get older, and then suddenly, it stops. There are no more pictures of the four of them. In fact, there are no more pictures of them at all until you see a newspaper announcing Cepheus's arrest. He looks drastically different in this photo. His face is sunken in and his eyes blink plainly outward, almost like life had been drained from him. He wore the striped prisoner's clothes of Alaska Ban. It was hard to look at. You've never seen someone so obviously beaten down emotionally, but there's one last photo of him. He was older now, with long hair dusting his jaw. Some light had returned to his eyes, but there was still a tortured darkness about him. He stood with the teenage Henry, arm around him, in some place dark and unassuming. Beside them both was someone you've seen in a handful of images before. It was Teddy's dad. He looks down at his feet bashfully as Henry and Seth laugh together, Seth slapping him on the back. Your father's eyes meet the camera, and he winks, almost like it was directly for you. Um, what is Catherine looking like right now? Uh, so Catherine is kind of like slowly walking down uh, the the hall, uh, taking in the photos. You can tell that she enjoys this part of the museum. Um, something about it, for some reason, just kind of uh, touches her a bit. I think the story of the the tragedy uh, behind all of it is something that that she it just kind of hits her a bit um, for for whatever reason. Um, so she takes this hall a little more seriously, and, and she's walking down, uh, looking at the faces. Um, Ren is stuck standing in front of the picture of teenage Henry, of uh, Teddy's dad and her dad. Um, and she says, where do you think they found all these pictures? Um, well, they say that... Um, they got a bunch of them from um, Henry or other people um, who knew him, um, you know, asked around for have any artifacts. Cause um, I don't know if you know, this is, uh, this is his hometown. Um, yeah. So this is where everything happened at the beginning. Um, and they wanted to put up the museum about his life here for that reason. Yeah. I, um, I actually know quite a bit about this. Um, done some research of my own. You know, getting into growing up outside of the sorcery world, there was a lot that I needed to catch up on. So, um, she's gonna roll a perception check. Insight, you mean? Uh huh. 
Yeah. She got a nat 20. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> uh-oh. She, um, she's looking at you and she kind Bad of news for Ren. <laughs> she tilts her head a bit and she goes, Ren, are, are you okay? Um, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I appreciate you showing me this. Um, sorry if I'm putting a, a damper on the mood. I, um, it's not something I really talk about, but I, I guess I kind of have more of a, a connection to all this emotionally than, um, than you'd expect. It just, um, it just hits me hard, you know, sometimes that happens. I understand. I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking when you think about everything that happened to, you know, well, three of the four men in these photos. And then, of course, Henry having to deal with all of it as well. Or Professor Porter. That's weird still. Um, but I, I get it. It's, it was a, tr- it was a tragedy. It was tragedy after tragedy that, you know, got them to this point. Did you, um, you said Henry, did you know him before school? Um, no, I didn't know him, but of course I knew of him. The famous Henry Porter who saved all of Sorcerer Kind. Um, I was kind of obsessed with him as a kid. Um, just like one of those things that, you know, I read all the books and I thought his story was so fascinating and all of that and I wanted to know more especially because my parents didn't really talk about what their experience was like with the war or anything Um, so I don't really know much of what they were doing at the time but I wanted to know something about it so I did my own research um you um you remember when I told you I was adopted Mm mm-hmm um Henry actually knew my dad. Um, my my dad, my biological dad. Um, he he died at the end of the war, towards the end, not the exact end. But oh, wow! I'm I'm so sorry. It's okay. I mean, I wasn't around for it, so I mean, it's not okay. It just it's weird. I feel like it must be. It must be hard for people that went through that that time um, when they see the the pictures and the documentation and they're just looking at a bunch of ghosts. Um, sorry, <laughs> that's uh, it's a, a little got a little morbid there i apologize um no no don't be sorry um she she puts a hand like on your back comfortingly um and gives it like a slight rub she's like that must i know you didn't know him but it's still hard to to lose someone like that yeah and it's like um people can tell me about him and i can read about him and all the things he did and the person he he was um who he became the mistakes he made and how he how 
we tried to fix them in the end, but I'm never gonna know him. I only know what he left behind. It's, um, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Looking at pictures of this just reminds me of that, I guess. Do you, do you know what side he fought on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, others weren't sure about him for a while, but they just didn't know him. He, um, sometimes he had a kind of abrasive way of showing it, but he, he always fought for good in the end. That's what matters. Um, Fun. Let's um, let's get out of here. Yeah, just give me one. Um, I just take a second to look a little deeper at that photo. Okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, she uh, she takes your hand again, um, rubbing her her thumb over the back of your hand, um, and and pulling you along. Um, you guys emerge from the museum, the sun uh, temporarily blinding you. Cat um, squints against the bright light, crinkling her nose, and she looks over at you um, and she says, do you like ice cream? <laughs> do I like ice cream? <laughs> Sorry, that was, um, <laughs> there's context for that and I will fill you in as we walk to the ice cream shop because we're absolutely going. Um Incredible. I know the best spot in town. My treat. Let's go. I would um, not say don't don't say my treat because you don't know what's gonna happen when you get there. <laughs> she she leads you to an adorable ice cream stand um about a block and a half away with pastel colors and a friendly smiling ice cream cone mascot. What do you order? Everything. <laughs> no, um first I, I look around. Does it look like um it's in any way related to the shop in um, Horizontal Lane? Um, no. It looks like an independent, like, family-owned old ice cream shop. Okay. So, yeah, what, what, are, you, what are you gonna get? Oh, boy. Um, well, first I turn to Catherine and I'm like, well, before I go absolutely bonkers, do you have any suggestions for what I should get? She she gives you like an, a weird look, like she doesn't know what you mean. Uh, but she says, "Well, personally, I'm partial to the peanut butter chocolate sundae because it is incredible and so decadent and a classic um, and huge." Awesome. Okay. Um. So I'll definitely get one of those. And... <laughs> <laughs> one of those and. <laughs> um. Who's at the counter? What are, what are they like? Do they look like they're easily easily startled? It is a <laughs> young teenage boy, um, and this is like his summer job. And okay. he is pimply and scrawny. And he right. sees two girls, and he's kind of like, hmm. Okay, so I go up to him, I put both of my palms on the counter, and I'm like, alright, listen. I've got a girl to impress, so I'm going to need a scoop of every single ice cream flavor in this shop. Can you do that for me? Uh, can you roll intimidation for me? Yeah. <laughs> I have to show you. I'm not touching it. Look, 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 look. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 
nat fucking 20 on intimidation on the ice cream boy. Give me the fucking ice cream. That, that ends up being a 22, you. if that helps at all. His eyes widen and you can see him like swallow, he like gulps and he's like, yes, ma'am. Um, and he, he begins going along the line, uh, scooping one of everything into um, a, a very... Uh, the largest dish he can find that is still too small and it is piled high and Catherine is kind of just like watching you with her mouth open like what the fuck is going on you signed up for this I feel like there's something that I should know about you and you are about to find out oh I am um I actually beat Don Reasley at being a um what is it? He was a three-time ice cream eating champion, and I beat his record for how many ice creams I could eat in one sitting. I'm actually well known in Horizontal Lane. Um, they thought about uh, changing the name of the ice cream shop. Deception. <laughs> <laughs> That's you thought about it. You said that out loud. That's canon. God damn it! Fuck me. Um, she's kind of like. You are a woman of mystery, Ren Tierney. Um, really? Because I don't think there's anything mysterious about eating 42 different scoops of ice cream. <laughs> she, like, shakes her head and, like, turns to the ice cream boy and she goes, and I'll have a peanut butter chocolate sundae, extra cherries. God damn it. Like, trying to match your energy. <laughs> but she's, like, a little turn. She's, like, extra cherries. God damn it. And he's, like, Okay. Um, Extra cherries for the lady, you hear me? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, and he he's scooping with a, with a slap of 20. Furious speed. <laughs> um, so all of presents... the energy of a mafia boss, I just slap that 20 on the counter. <laughs> he, he scoops with the speed of a thousand suns and, <laughs> and presents you with these ice creams. Catherine takes her giant sundae, which is very very small compared to the mountain of ice cream in front of you um and she goes to one of the two tops and sits down and then she looks at what you're about to eat and she goes do you think this table's big enough oh it'll be gone soon don't even worry about it okay um <laughs> um so she like sits and like begins eating and she just like watches you t t can you tell me how you're eating this ice cream mountain well, with a spoon, obviously. Fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying it like I probably do it like flavor by flavor, so it's not as abrasive. And every once in a while, I like scoop some and like offer it for her to try, um, like in a kind of cute way. But also, I'm dead set on making this happen. I'm I'm dead set on completing this mission. God. This is this is how I'm going to impress this girl. And I'm certain that it's gonna work. This is absolutely out of this world. She she takes the samples for sure, and she's like, mm, "Oh, I haven't tried that one before." Um, and as you're you're going in on some uh, some some lavender Earl Grey ice cream. Yeah, I presume that this is like there are a lot less amount of flavors. Like they have a smaller a smaller amount because they're like a little independent company as opposed to. Yeah, they're they're twenty flavors. Oh, easy peasy. Yeah. Um, but the the 
summer flavor right now is is like a, an Earl Grey lavender, and that's what you're trying currently. Um, as she uh, clears her throat, uh, she looks down her ice cream as she speaks, and she says, <clears throat> "So, um, I wanted to talk to you before we go back to school. I mean, we still have a few more months, but I figured better sooner rather than later, just so we're on the same page." Um, obviously there is some, um, <clears throat> attraction here, I think. I mean, at least from my end, but I just wanted to know where you stand so we could figure out, you know, what exactly is happening with us, if that's okay. Um, her face has gone pink, and, and then after she finishes, she looks up at you, hoping to gauge a reaction. Ren is bright pink and trying not to shovel ice cream into her mouth um, <laughs> to cool down. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's, um, that's, I, I think that that is a good idea. So we're on the, um, we're on the same, the same, um, is, is this a date? Can we call this a date? Is this, are we, is this our date? I, I would like to call this a date if you want to call it a date it doesn't have to be a date if you don't want it to be a date but I... oh, no, i'm cool i'm cool with a date. Cool with a date. um okay that's cool all right cool so um does that mean we're date date dating i mean technically Dating is um, when people go on dates, dates and right. if th- yeah, okay. mm-hmm. if this is a date, then I think we would be dating. Okay. Oh, all right. Then, uh, glad glad we cleared that up. <clears throat> so, um, do I tell people that we are? dating or that you're my um, girlfriend or am I not telling people anything or what um, um well what's what's your what's your comfort level with that um what do you how are you feel what do you what hmm? well um I I would be proud to tell people you were my girlfriend if you wanted to be um or even that just that we were dating um because i think you're great 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 okay cool so that's we'll just that's that we'll 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 do that that's we'll do that Mm -hmm. okay um great cool cool yeah (laughs) real really really cool yeah Mm mm-hmm she uh she lets out a breath uh that she had been holding. She's like, okay, that's over. Um <laughs> That was really um, scary. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I I don't know. I don't I'm not normally the kind of person who's bold enough to say that kind of stuff, but I like you, Ren. I mean you're sweet and brilliant and funny and dorky in the most adorable way and incredible dorky. on the broom zoom field and passionate about it and such a good friend and really really cute and i don't know you get it you, you make me feel comfortable just being me and that's not something i've ever had before that was a lot i'm sorry no no it's no that i 
Um, I'm just still, uh, I guess I'm still getting used to, um, to people saying nice stuff like that about me. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it feels kind of lackluster to say that the, the feeling's mutual, but, I, I mean, you're really fun, and, um, you make me laugh, and you make me feel more confident and and you're smart and and you're you're really good at brooms and and you're you're um you're like really pretty so um and i i uh, i've been really enjoying getting to know you kat so i um this is after a moment of silence i think ren just panics and like scoops a finger in the ice cream and like boops her on the nose with it <laughs> She, um, she, like, looks down at her nose, like, crossing her eyes a little bit, and she tries to, like, reach up to her nose with her tongue. She can't quite get it. She's like, damn it. I think you got a little, um, just, just, oh. just right there. Oh, oh, do I? You know, just little, that's... Mm-hmm. Just there. Oh, I'm sure I do. <laughs> and she, she, like, wipes it off. Um, and she, uh, she reaches for your non-ice cream scooping hand. Um, and she just kind of, like, places her hand on top of yours. Yeah, the other hand is still, like, going strong, scooping the ice cream for me. But sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I she... love that you're not even making me roll for a constitution saving throw. I was literally point. just about to. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah, constitution saving throw, but with advantage, because this is half of your record. That is a 16. Yeah, you're fine. Um... <laughs> Um, this is she, easy street. She's she's very impressed. Um, and, you know, she finishes her Sunday probably around the same time that you finish yours. Um, she takes it a little slower than you do, but it means that you guys have a good pace. Um, she says... I usually don't get to have that much sugar, so... <laughs> oh, that explains... That explains a lot, actually. So, you know, as soon as you're allowed to do something you're not supposed to, you just go ham then, huh? Do you feel like the room is vibrating, or is it just me? Oh my god. <laughs> Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm just peachy. Get it? And then I take a little scoop of peach ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs at your terrible joke, um, genuinely thinking it's funny, the poor girl. Um, and, and you know, as you guys finish up, she says... As much as I hate to end this date, we we probably should go back. My mom likes me to be home before she is. Oh yeah, of course. Um, do you feel comfortable holding hands until we get there? I would love that. Cool. Okay. Awesome. I leave so, the poor guy a really nice tip because I did definitely scare him. He was terrified, and he literally sat at the counter the whole time you were eating and just stared. You'll never see me again. That's a lie. Or is it? (laughs) I say as I walk out. (laughs) (laughs) This was all a dream. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Jesus Christ, the poor boy. Um, So uh, she walks alongside you uh, down the path out of the village back to the row of townhouses where she lives. Um, holding your hand, um, her cheeks flushing slightly and a smile across her lips. 
Um, she walks with you up the stoop and hesitates just as she reaches for the door, pulling your hand back and turning to you. This was such a nice time. I'm sure that nothing bad is going to happen for the rest of the day. That's a really weird thing to say. Um, but okay. (laughs) I, (laughs) I had that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Sorry. 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 Weird way to end a date. (laughs) She's like, I, I had so much fun. Um, thank you for hanging out and um, being um, adorable and um, my girlfriend. Um, And before we go in, I just um, real quick, um, and she gently takes your face in her hands and kisses you softly. um, And you can feel the smile on her face when she pulls away. um, And she bites her lip trying to conceal the bright red of her cheeks as she turns and opens the door. Um, and and goes inside Uh, she pauses at the bottom of the stairs and listens but doesn't hear anything from up above and she says "Mm, maybe dad went back to work or something anyways the the floof should still be set up and ready to go Um, so you're you're clear but um, thanks for today it was was really really fun it was um, we should we should do this again sometime I, I would really like to hopefully before you know school starts back up and whatever yeah yeah um and hey i i know i kind of i i threw some some heavy stuff at you today um i i appreciate you rolling with it it's it's not something i I really know how to talk about much yet and it's still kind of new to me but um I, i i'd like to tell you the whole story sometime maybe not yet but if that's okay yeah, I'd like that, and you know, that's what I'm here for. Okay. <laughs> um. Cool. So I'll um. I'll I'll see you I'll see you again soon. Uh, send me an owl anytime, or hey. I'll send you one too. We could send each other owls. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um maybe you could come and 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 meet my meet my parents sometime. Um, my, my dad's obsessed with Broom Zoom, but also just don't don't mention my age um, to them because they think I'm 13 and I'm not, but it's fine. Don't even worry about that. But um, yeah, uh, uh, th- my dad's like really obsessed with Broom Zoom and maybe I can convince my mom to like get us to order a pizza or something since someone's coming over and she usually has like super healthy, um, you know, she's she's like on a health food kick, except for it's not a kick. It's been my entire life. So... <laughs> <laughs> she's like that sounds great i would love to meet your family um i won't mention your age that's weird but i'm not gonna ask about that um that's i that's kind of a part of like the whole tell you the other stuff later thing it's just okay. it's a lot you definitely need to like be prepared for it before it happens so okay <clears throat> weird but uh yeah um so, what is uh, anything to do with me not weird um, she shrugs and she's like, I don't know. I like weird. Well, good. Because <laughs> there's a lot more coming. <laughs> um, she, uh, she's like, so, um, I will either look out for your owl or send you one soon. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I should probably stop now before the info dumping gets to be too much. Okay. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> 
So you arrive back home uh, to find your father reading the newspaper on the couch. Um, he jumps as you shoot through the fireplace and he taps his heart with his hand. He says, oh, and that terrifies me every time. How was your day? It was eventful. Oh, it was real eventful for sure. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. We went to go get ice cream and um, I saw pictures of my dead dad and, um, you know, uh, normal stuff, but we went to go get ice cream. It was really exciting. <laughs> oh, was the ice cream good? Yeah, yeah, I had a, the full 20 flavors, of course, as, as you've trained me to. I, That's I my do girl. Not, I do not back down from a challenge, even if the challenge is posed by my own self. <laughs> that you know, that's that's my girl. That's that's what I like to hear. Yep, and we hold, we 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 held hands. We held hands. Oh, um, good. So, uh, did you confer? Did you talk to? Did you actually talk to her? Well, um, I think so. I think it wasn't a fever dream. Um. We we did talk and we that was a date and we are dating and um and she is she is my she uh she girl girlfriend. Congratulations, sweetie. I'm I'm very happy for you. This is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh hey um that uh that Henry fellow uh dropped by earlier today. Um oh. I I told him that you were out with a friend, but that um that you were available tomorrow after our workout. I hope that's all right. He said you could pop over to his place tomorrow whenever, you know, yeah. using the fireplace if you wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, probably just more more broom zoom stuff or, or something. Yeah, tutoring, broom zoom, teaching, yep. Yeah, excellent, sounds good. Okay, great. You won't tell mom that I had 20 different scoops of ice cream, will you? No, of course not, she would lose her mind. Okay, thank you. Of course between you and me you got it sport i do like a, a zip mouth motion and like i throw away the key he gives he gives you a, a big thumbs up like a dad <laughs> thumbs up and he's like you got it champ awesome okay great <laughs> yeah so um so tomorrow morning uh you know you work out with daddy o you do the good sports uh you sweat a bunch you get ready to go, and you head on over to Henry's? Yes. I feel like I've talked so much, so the answer, short answer, yes. So, um, when you step through the fireplace into Henry Porter's home, you find yourself alone in the large great room on the first floor. Uh, no one is to be seen, but after a moment, you hear a shout in the kitchen, God damn it, Jamie! Followed by an adorable squeal of, God damn it! Um, making your way into the kitchen, you see two toddlers covered in syrup and a waffle somehow stuck to the ceiling. Jenny Porter looks up at it hopelessly while Daisy giggles hysterically, clapping her hands together, and she just says, Hello, Ren. Hey, Jenny. You, you want me to go grab a broom and grab that from up there? Nope. You got I it? I got it. You okay? You look, do you need a vacation? You look like you need a vacation, Jenny. Yeah, I need a vacation. Um, Henry enters the kitchen um, and follows Jenny's gaze and lets out a snort before attempting to cover it with a cough. He's like... <clears throat> <clears throat> Jenny whips her head towards him and glares while circling her wand around, letting it flop back to the counter. A sticky-looking stain is left in the center of the ceiling. 
Um, Henry turns to you and gives you a kind smile and says, good morning, Ren. Welcome to our daily chaos. Good morning. I'm liking the modern art you got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, thank you. Um, hopefully it won't be staying too long. Really, your son's an artistic genius. I think you should keep it there forever. <laughs> Jenny says, uh, genius is an exceedingly kind word for what Jamie is. Oh, <laughs> so it's like that, Jenny. <laughs> Listen, he's six. <laughs> she just called her six-year-old child a dumbass. <laughs> it's okay, but Jamie is a dumbass. Wow. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, so uh, Jenny offers you breakfast um, with the promise of if this ends up on the ceiling, you will be kicked out of my house. Oh, man. Well, I guess Art can wait for another day. <laughs> Um, she hands you she hands you a plate with a waffle on it, giving you a look. Um, you. <laughs> uh, she uh, she wrangles the children um, to to put them down for their morning nap, and then she gives Henry um, a pointed look. Um, he sits down uh, next to you and he says, "So, how's everything been? And uh, anything uh, new?" Um, yeah. Well, just just yesterday, I um actually, <laughs> I uh I. I have a girlfriend. Um, he doesn't look too surprised. Um, he says, you know, that's funny. Uh, I actually, uh, I heard that already a couple days ago. Um, Calvin. What? A couple days ago? Calvin told me some gossip that, uh, that you were dating a one Catherine Kim. I am unsure exactly how he found out about it since it just happened yesterday but yes interesting um interesting oh wait you gotta you gotta elaborate henry well calvin and i were discussing um and uh three weeks ago he said to me you know what i heard that ren is dating Catherine kim from your broom zoom team three weeks ago yep Sometime uh, after the uh, after their party. Well, but I was at I was at Broomsome Camp. Did I tell you about that? I got a I got a scholarship. Oh, did you really? Uh, to to which camp? Yeah, I um I got a scholarship to Camp Zoom. It was actually apparently from an anonymous donor or something. So I don't. Maybe it was somebody who saw me uh during Broomsome, uh Broomsome Cup. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's the that's the best Broomsome camp in the world. It was so cool. And and Louisa and well and, and Teddy and Ross were there too, so you probably heard all about it from Teddy. Uh, Teddy Teddy did mention that uh, that he was there. Um, he well he didn't really talk much about uh, about what he learned and what he did there. He he talked more about uh, the counselors. Apparently there was a uh, I don't know some uh, gossip there. Yeah yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Are you asking me to gossip about students, Henry? Oh, I, I, I'm not allowed to do that. Of course, I would never do that. Well, I'm glad you're not asking that. But, you know, um, just in case you hear it from anyone else, uh, Leo and Amar were both student counselors. So seems like they made up a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I heard that uh, the infamous uh, rivalry has perhaps come to an end or has at least uh, shifted. <laughs> uh, I, I would say it just has more context now. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so it was really fun, and 
yesterday I went over, uh, went over to Catherine's house and um, uh, yeah, that was her, her dad's real weird. But, um, oh, also, uh, apparently they live really close to Godfrey's Hollow, uh, which I didn't know. Um, oh. Also, Henry, I wanted to ask, are you, they have kind of a museum there and are you comfortable with that? Did they ask you? Yeah. Um, God, that place. I went for the opening and that was weird. Um, it, it's something that as... God, I hate saying it this way. It makes me feel like I have a big head or something. But being a celebrity, that's just kind of the stuff you have to put up with that and the photographers and people prying and pictures and autographs and all of that annoying stuff um but i i would have rather that it happened with me knowing with me assisting instead of me not knowing and it being well frankly a bunch of bullshit but uh yeah you know i provided a couple of things i provided a couple of things that um were absolutely useless i don't know if you saw the display of the tissue that apparently came from when i had a cold in fourth year um that was uh that was Al's, um, and I just oh. sent it to them because why not? Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. Okay, that tracks. I I probably would do the same. Um, it's but... Still my DNA, kinda. Oh uh, well, I guess so. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure you were comfortable with that because you know it's that's a lot of personal stuff, and I mean obviously not the tissue, but um, I did. I did like the hall with pictures. Uh, I was wondering, maybe I could have a couple copies of those. Absolutely. Um, I I have um, a couple of photo albums uh, that I can I can go through and pull any pictures of him. Um, Brent, actually, um, I came to see you yesterday because I need to talk to you about something uh, difficult. Um. Yes. Um, it's been over 11 years since the end of the war. And once your father had escaped from Alaskaban, the Order of Killin, which is the resistance group I was part of, moved our base into Cepheus's family's home. He stayed there primarily, and I spent some of my time there as well. Um, but I haven't been since the end of the war, and I figured I'd go take a look around and clean it up some if I could. And I don't know how I missed this before in all the time I spent there, but I found something in his room hidden in a panel in the back of his wardrobe I didn't see before, and I wanted to give it to you. Um, I should I should note, um, so I mentioned uh, the Order of Killin. Um, just in case people don't know, a Killin um, is a magical creature uh, from Asia that is like if a horse and a dragon like combined. Um, they feature antlers and a brilliant jewel scales uh, on their body. Uh, they're known for demonstrating their power through the flames uh, that come off of their bodies. Um, they are symbols of justice, punishing only those who are wrongdoers. They, all, they also represent a change of leadership from one era to another, just as some fun info. Um, he pulls a small black notebook out of his back pocket. It's dusty and dirty and absolutely grimy. Um, he opens it and, and flips a few pages and he continues speaking. Apparently he kept this journal 
uh, during his time at Bleak Space Place. Um, you can have it, of course, but there's one part in particular I wanted you to read. Um, do you read this? Yeah, of course. You can see messy writing scratched onto the page. Um, it reads June 8th, 1996. After days of trying to get out of this cursed place, I finally managed it. I'm not writing how here just in case someone finds this little diary of mine and removes my escape route, but I did it. I can't describe how incredible it felt to have the sun on my face again, feel the breeze and have real genuine fresh air after being trapped in this torture house for much too long. I went to a place I remembered from my youth, where I escaped to on summer nights when I was 16. A little normie pub just far enough where they won't be able to find me before I've had at least a moment to breathe. I used a glamour charm to make it a bit harder to spot me just in case whatever snoop that may have found my diary thought I was being entirely reckless. It turns out I wasn't the only sorcerer to look for peace there. Normally, it would be extremely unfortunate for me to have run into anyone in the sorcery world, however, I got incredibly lucky. Happened to be someone who had been in my year at Hogweed. A serpentine, so I hadn't given her a second glance at the time, but I do remember her in my classes. Clever. Cute, then, now that I think back to it. I didn't really know her well enough to know more than that. But now, she's really blossomed. She seemed confident, funny, beautiful. She was rather enchanting, truth be told. She recognized me after a bit, since I thought she was a normie, and I thought it fine to have a conversation with her. She said she never believed that I actually did those things they said I did. She wasn't afraid of me. She wasn't going to run and tell anybody. I shouldn't have trusted her, but I did. Something about her just made me want to trust her. It was nice to talk about someone new for a change. Well... It was more than talking, but I'll spare you the details, whoever most likely is invading my privacy. I told her I would like to see her again. I also told her it was a bad idea and that she shouldn't wait around for me. This war isn't ending anytime soon. And until it does, I'm stuck in the eternal hellhole of this goddamn house. She told me she thinks some bad ideas are worth it, and that if I was able to escape again where I could find her, I still don't know if I will. But I really needed this brief respite from being trapped in the black hole of my past. I hope I see her again one day. Be it soon, or in a few years, when we're finally free from the evil bastard tormenting us. I'm exhausted. Though it's a different tire than I've experienced all other days here. I have a feeling the best rest I've had in over a decade will come to me tonight. God, I need it. See. You said you found this. I did. You know if it's his for sure? Um, based on some of the other things I've read, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Why would he have kept something like this? It'd be dangerous if anyone found this. I mean, I guess not now, but 
I don't think, um, I don't think he knew that his time at the house was coming to an end so soon. He... He sounded like he was so close to being happy. Why would you show me this? Um... I think it's important. And there's so little of him left. I wanted you to have everything, even the parts that hurt. Because it's better than having nothing at all. Yeah, you're right. You know, I own it now. The house. I think it rightfully should belong to you when you come of age. I, I have memories of it being a negative space. Um, but what I want to do is I want to fix it up, make it a better place, and give it a chance for a new start, if, if that's something you'd like to be a part of. Because I, I want you to have something of his. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know, um, that's, that's, um, that's r really kind of you, Henry, I, um, maybe we can revisit that later, um, just, uh, not now, just not now, um, of course. Um, I inherited everything from him, um, and I've set it aside, um, when I learned about you, and it's all, it's all there waiting for you whenever you turn 17. It's not worth not having him here. I'm sorry, that's, I'm being so insensitive, I, I didn't even know him, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's what makes it worse. Because you didn't get the chance. Does he say anything else about her in the in the book? Or is this is this his last entry? Um, there are a couple more. Um, he mentions uh thinking about her. Um deciding not to see her again for her sake. And um he he doesn't he doesn't leave the house until that day. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I guess it narrows down my search a little bit. I'd definitely say that. I think I just go in for a hug. He, um, he wraps his arms around you and he holds you. Um, very comforting. Um, he says, you know, of course, it doesn't have to be today, but I, I would love to show it to you sometimes. I, um, you know, I cleaned it up a little bit, as much as I could, and I think it would do you good to, to see more of him, where he spent so much time. You already have the hogweed where his best moments happened. 
When you asked me over here, did you... Did you want to take me to see it? I... I do. But if you're not ready for that, I understand. I don't know how I'm gonna react, but... I wanna know. I've been wanting to know this whole time, and I've kept saying that over and over, that I just wanna know, so... I don't think it's fair to myself if I am, um, if I don't take the opportunity when it's presented. Okay. Let's go then. Okay. Um, he offers his arm to you. Um, and once you're securely attached, he spins you around and you feel that familiar feeling of being sucked into yourself and through a shoot. Uh, can you give me a dex check? That is a 12. Um, so as you land, you stumble a bit, but but Henry uh, has a tight grip on you, um, and he doesn't let you fall. Um, <clears throat> you, you land in a, a dark hallway, and as soon as you steady yourself, gas lamp sconces along the walls of the corridor light themselves. There's a very large crystal chandelier in the center of this grand entrance, and you see a set of stairs leading upwards. Um, the walls show an old peeling wallpaper, and the carpet below your feet had become patchy and thin. Uh, Henry must have done a dust banishing spell of some sort, as though the house looked like it should be coated in dust, but miraculously, it was not. Uh, you can see an entrance to another room down a little bit, uh, and inside is a large dining room table and chairs. Um, the walls look like they had once had many decorations adorning them, but it has all since been removed. Um, there's an unusual bit near the front door where a large brick box stuck out of the wall. Um, Henry sees you looking at it, um, and he cringes slightly, and he says, I'm still trying to figure out how to remove that portrait on the wall there. She's... Um not very pleasant and curtains really didn't help but at least the with the brick it's much harder to hear her if she wakes up but um that's your grandmother oh okay it's a fun one um, i'm i'll figure it out um there's there's also a door at the end of the hall that is opened and, and looks to lead to a set of stairways going downwards um so basically right now you can you can go into the dining room you can go downstairs you can go upstairs is there any place in particular that Henry seems to be, like, leading me, or...? Uh, he's kind of, uh, letting you take the reins on this one. He's just kind of, like, standing there, um, for support. Um, I kind of just take a peek in the dining room. I don't think that there's much personal stuff in there, likely. Yeah, it's, um, it's that big table and, and the chairs. Um, a very nice collection, of course, but definitely old. And there is uh, there is a, a big like cabinet with like glass doors, and inside is a uh, an old looking china set. Um, and you can see uh, the crest of the Noir House stamped into to everything. Okay. Um, she starts heading downstairs. So down the stairs into the basement um, is the kitchen. Um, it's, it's a huge kitchen, um, and not a personal kitchen, definitely a kitchen where others would cook for the family. There, there are cabinets, there's, uh, there's a fireplace, um, in it. Um, there's another large table, uh, that could probably fit, like, two dozen people around it. Um, and as you walk around, you hear a sound, um, of, like, a clink, 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 clink. And, uh, could you roll perception for me? 
um, surprisingly good. That's a 17. Okay, yeah. You see, uh, you see one of the cabinets. Uh, the door is kind of like pushing open a little bit, and there's a bit of movement. And then as you're watching, um, you see the door swing open, and a dull, worn down, chipped up, scratched home gnome uh, tumbles out and looks up at you and goes, You, you have the blood of a noir. Oh boy. God, I can't believe you're doing this to me, Harley. <laughs> also, I hate that that's his voice. <laughs> you're not going to give me grumpy old butler voice? Come on. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think that that's a very, I guess, not quite startling, not quite abrasive statement, but it's just that kind of shocks her out of her reverie and there's like still tear tracks on her cheeks she has not (laughs) she's she's like stopped crying crying but it's very obvious um and she's like uh it's um it's nice to meet you what what's what's your name oh i'm oh i'm critter I I cannot with you. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, I'm Critter. Ah. I'm Critter. What I'm is trying my best. Fucking problem. Um, I'm not going to be able to get through this. Just do a normal voice, please. I'm begging you. Uh, no. Please. He's looking up at you with these big eyes of wonder you you are the direct descendant of my master mr snoir i thought all this time please please mistress what is your name i'm backing away this is too much i'm looking for henry i think i even say henry he uh, followed you down the stairs, and he's very surprised to see Critter there. And he's like, "Critter, you're, you're still alive? I thought, I thought you either went off to Hogweed. I didn't. I was just here yesterday, and I didn't see you." And he goes, "Of course not. But now, now that I have a new mistress, someone oh, to serve. Uh, um, this. She's like two seconds from hyperventilating. Um." Uh, Henry comes up behind you and like pats you on the back and he's like, don't worry, Critter is fine and really devoted to the Noir family. It, it does, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, this is not, I don't, I don't like this. Just hang on. Um, Critter, um, and and Critter turns to look at Henry and he kind of like has like a less than happy look on his face. He's just kind of like, eh. Um, he's like, Critter, um... I think it, it, perhaps it would be best if you uh, if you would go and work in the hogweed kitchens. Ren here is is in hogweed. It'll be some time before she uh, takes up residence in this home. He like looks at you and like winks at you, and and he's like, and then maybe at that time see uh, see what she needs and figure that out at that time. But for now, she's at hogweed, so maybe you should work in the kitchens with the other home gnomes at hogweed. They're getting paid now; they get benefits. Um, and, and Critter is like, is that, 
Is that what you would like, Mistress Ren? You... You should absolutely be paid for your work. Um... Oh, this is a lot. Oh god, okay. Um, yeah, yes. If, if you're, if you're, if you're cool with that, then that, um, mm-hmm, for, for sure, but, yeah, you, you just, just call me Ren, just, just Ren is fine, just Ren, not Mistress Ren, thank you. Um, he, he looks up at you and he goes, all Quitter has such a kind mistress, such a sweet, loving mistress, I will go work at Hogweed, I will get paid, mistress wants me to be paid. That was a that was a lot easier than I thought it was gonna be. Um, yep, sounds good. Yep. If you need anything at any oh. point, I still serve you. Just, just say the word. Okay. Call for critter, he will be there anytime. Just yes, and and uh, p- please please don't call me mistress. Please just call me Ren. Just Ren. Just yes, mistress Ren. Of course. No, just just Ren. Please, I'm I'm, I'm mistress. So just Ren. Absolutely. Oh. What is happening? What is happening? I sit down on one of the chairs and I just kind of rub at my eyes. Uh, Henry pats you on the back and he's like, okay, Critter, uh, if you're good to go, you have your belongings, uh, you can go ahead. You can go to Hogweed, tell McConnell I sent you um, and uh, that uh, you want to raise um, from the get-go and you're, you'll be good. And Critter's like, Absolutely, Mistress Just Ren. I am heading to Hogweed, and I will see you anytime you call. Just call for Critter. I will be there anytime. Just yeah, definitely ask for a raise. Um, with uh, with a tink, uh, he like poofs and disappears. So now you're alone in the kitchen with Henry, who's like, I genuinely did not think he would be here still. Ren bursts into tears. Oh, um. Uh, Ren, what, what, are you okay? Is this, is this too much? It's a lot, it's, it's just a lot. Um, I did, I, I didn't think that there was going to be any, anybody else here. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I just need a second. I just need a second to breathe. Okay. Um, Henry, uh, Henry pats you on the back. Um, and he says, um, I, when I was here yesterday, I, I thought if he was going to be here, I, I would, I'd see him that he'd show up then, but, um, I'm sorry. I, I wish I, I knew so I could have warned you. It's, you didn't know. It's okay. Um, let's just get, let's, let's, um, let's, let's keep moving. Okay. Um, let's, um, let's go upstairs. Um, okay. He, uh, he takes you upstairs, um, past the first floor. There's a couple of bedrooms and, and a drawing room, um, up to a, a second floor, more bedrooms. Um, so you go up the third floor and then to the fourth, and there are two doors. He goes to the one, uh, on the right and he opens the door and inside, um, inside, uh, he says, this is, um, Cepheus's room. Uh, I didn't have the heart to change any of it. Um, the room is bright red and gold. Obnoxiously so. Um, there are banners of, of Orleon, you know, crest and symbol all over the wall. There are posters of normie uh, motorcycles and 
girls, uh, not wearing very much. Um, it was very much a teenage boy room, and uh, it's it's just kind of like the brightest part of the house, um, even though some of the wall paint has faded. Um, there is the wardrobe that uh, Henry mentioned earlier um, that was open. Um, the furniture looked looked to be older. Um, like it qu- didn't quite fit in with this room, but it did fit in with the rest of the house. Um, but every every part that could be customized was boldly Orlean. I think I go and, you know, touch some of the drapes. Um, just start poking around really slowly. Uh, like I'm walking through molasses. Um. He was real proud to be an Orlean, huh? Quite proud. Um, but at the same time, it was more of a um, rebellious gesture than anything. But Henry, uh, you know, looks around the room with you um, and he, he looks at the posters on the wall um, and you can hear him chuckle and he goes, well, that's one thing you have in common with your dad. Ah, okay. <laughs> that is, n- that's not the time, Henry. <laughs> Sorry, uh, the humor coping mechanism. I don't have posters of women in bikinis on my wall, Henry, so I don't know what I have in common with him about Well, that. you both like girls. Well, that's that's pretty common, you'd think. And you'll probably get in trouble because of girls, too. Oh, well, yeah, I already have, I guess. Well, you know, at least he didn't get in as much trouble as he could have because of women. Yeah, still not quite uh, ready to joke about that either, Henry. Um, fair. Uh, fair. Again, the you're, coping. Um, you're, you're not super great at the whole comforting thing, but that's okay. I still yeah. appreciate you. He uh, he looks around at the room himself. Um, this is also this is also hard for him. Um, and he um, he lets himself kind of um, sit in the in the pain of it for a moment. I think I do join him and kind of like, if he's okay with it, grasp his hand or like his wrist, just a kind of solidarity. Um, I know this probably isn't easy, so thank you for for showing me and for putting up with my tantrum about it. <laughs> um, do you think it's unfair of me to try and find out more about? about my biological mom. I think it's perfectly understandable. And anyone else in your position would likely try to do the same. But she... She gave me up for a reason. And... I can't help but wonder if... If I just... Come barreling back into her life, I'm just gonna make it all harder. For her. Um... Maybe she wasn't as... You know, as, as, as close to him for as long, but it's not even about that. I mean, it's it's also about the, the everything else. I mean, not just him being gone, but his legacy and everything that comes with it. Is that fair of me to bring all that back if she went out of her way to, to hide? Um, he says, listen, Ren, we don't know why you ended up in the position you ended up in. 
There are so many possibilities. It's not fair of us to assume the reasons behind it. And I think you have the right to know what happened to you and why. It might be unpleasant. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, tell you that it's gonna be easy or a happy reunion, but I think it might be worth it. I think you need the closure. And the only way to get that is to find her. Yeah. Yeah. At least we know she was, um, she was in their year, so it shouldn't be too hard to figure that out. Certainly narrows it down. Will you help me? Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Out of all the pain that that this kind of stuff brings, it's worth it because I got you out of all of it. I'm really glad you're my family. And I'm glad you're mine. And he, he gives you another hug. I just sit in it for a minute. So, what are the chances, do you think, that these are permanently stuck to the wall or maybe that I could try and get one of these posters. Um, he, uh, he looks at them. Um, he points to uh, the blonde in the red bikini. He says, do blondes or are you more of a blondes. brunette? Blondes, no, blondes. okay. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> he attempts to pull it down with his hands and of course it's stuck. And they attempts to charm it off the wall. Um, with his wand and it also is stuck and he's like oh there's one other thing i could try and i'm gonna roll for it are you just gonna take the whole wall out what are you doing no not the whole wall um he takes his wand and, and he traces uh, around it um with his wand and then he like plucks and a bit of the plaster comes off with the poster and uh he's like well it's um it's almost like it's framed framed yeah you know that's um that works too i think she's like she's done with crying it still looks like she's crying but it's definitely like laughter through tears at this point yeah uh, that works <laughs> he hands you the scantily clad bl blonde woman and he says please don't tell your parents i gave you this i'm gonna hang this up in my dorms don't worry okay that's good <laughs> Um, maybe don't heirloom. show. Maybe what? don't show your girlfriend. I don't know how she'd feel. Why? About or or do I don't know. Maybe she'll appreciate it. I don't. I don't know. I've only known Catherine for a little. Well, it's just a picture, right? Yep. <clears throat> just just a picture. Um, maybe I should warn Calvin for when he does room inspections. Or don't. <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know what's happening anymore. Yeah, yeah, or or don't. I yeah, wasn't expecting him to like actually break the wall. He rolled very well. I know. I was like I we could just go get a, a different poster to like be reminiscent, but this works too, I guess. Um he's like, "Well, you know that actually gives me a really good idea for the portrait downstairs. Can always fix the walls." 
That's true. But you can't fix a racist. <laughs> no, you can't. No, you can't, Henry. <laughs> um, <laughs> too right you are, Henry. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, um, when you return to Henry's home, uh, you see Jenny is having a friendly conversation with Professor Jameson in the living room. Um, they turn to look at you both as you pop into existence, um, and they stand. Henry looks confused, but says, Sean, this is an unexpected but pleasant surprise. He says, uh, Henry, I have some professor business to talk to you about. Um, Calvin is also coming over. He should be here soon. Um, and at that moment, Carver, uh, appears in the fireplace, licked by green flames, and he emerges carrying a small baby. Um, he's bouncing the infant on his shoulder and he gives Jameson a look as he says this better be good. Calliope has a cold and won't sleep unless I'm holding her and Cato doesn't like to be separated so we're on borrowed time here. Um, he says I'm, I'll, I'll make this. Uh, Jameson says I'll make this fast I promise. Uh, Henry your office do you mind? Um, and Henry responds not at all this way. Um, Ren uh, he looks at the other two professors um, Carver looks at Jameson and Jameson's like uh, yes, Professor Wren, will you be joining us? Of course, Professor Jameson. I, Professor Wren, will join this professorness right now, <laughs> immediately. Excellent. Uh, or right this way, Professor, 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 Professor Calliope. Um, and, and Jenny kind of, like, watches as you you all kind of, like, <laughs> waddle into to Professor uh, Porter's office. Um, and Henry closes the door and he looks at Jameson and he goes, um, what's going on? Uh, Carver sits down in one of the chairs, Calliope nestled into his neck, um, and he looks expectantly at Jameson. Um, so. Is this about Ty? Uh, no. Why? What's up with Ty? I was just wondering, because he's been on his, like, secret mission thing, remember? I was wondering right. if he knew anything about that. Uh, no, I haven't, um, I haven't heard from him in, uh, a couple weeks. Okay. Okay. What, what were you gonna say? Um, interesting, but, uh, the, the guard from Alaska Band who survived the attack, um, they're finally able to wake him up. Um, so we have a little bit more information about the escape. Um, they didn't use magic to escape at all. Um, still not sure how, but it was all completely coordinated, um, which means that maybe there was uh, an insider who, who helped within the prison. Um, they attacked the guards, uh, somehow got to the roof of the prison. They also ransacked the room that stored wands of prisoners. So some of them have their own wands. Some of them are using different wands as their wands have been uh, appointed to, to keepers um, while they were in prison. Um, they clearly had outside help and uh, people uh, who had stolen dragons from different sanctuaries across the world escaped and they escaped on the dragons. Um, wherever yep. they're... Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Um, wherever they're hiding, they have to also be concealing the stolen dragons, a good number of them. But that many dragons isn't easy to hide, so I think they must be spread out, maybe even hidden by family or friends. Um... Carver says, well, we should start trying to investigate their connections, see what we can find out. It's summer now, so with all the students at home, they may have seen something. When we come back to school, we can keep an eye on them, see if any of them are behaving strangely, ask them questions if need be, and, and hopefully 
Maybe we can learn something. So, are there any families or students in particular that you're worried about? Well, um, several of the escapees um, have relatives at the school. Um, you know, of course, Celeste um, being one of them. Um, Jameson looks at Carver, and Carver's like, haven't heard anything um, from Magnum. So, um, I've been keeping an eye out. Um, and Jameson says, and of course, you, Ren, have a couple relatives, but they don't know about you, I don't think. Let's hope not. Yeah, let's hope not. Um, and then uh, Imogen, uh, who I understand is her uncle, um, is, is one of the escapees. Um, and then, of course, Edison's father. Um, a lot in this group, huh? Um, Where is he staying? Edison. With his mom. Has anyone checked on them? Um... The, the three exchanged glances and said, uh, no, no, haven't, haven't really reached out to them. Um, but, you know, maybe we'll send them a letter and make sure that Edison's good and safe. A letter? His dad's tried to kidnap him more than once. That is a fair point. Um, I mean, Edison's mother is, is quite, quite a strong woman, but, um, we, we definitely can, can check in on them. Yeah, let's do that. Now? No, I mean. Oh, okay. Unless you want to. How long I... is this one shot gonna take? <laughs> no, that was more of Ren being like, "Hey, adults, here's a thing you should take care of." Yeah. Um. So, uh, Professor Jameson names off a couple of of other, you know, unimportant students um, who have some relatives of the escapees. And he was like, so we definitely can keep an eye on these, these students in particular. Um, and then naturally, of course, if our little group of um, student spies hears anything I trust, they'll come to us, um, let us know. And of course, you know, Calvin, you're keeping an eye out for your father-in-law. Um, and, and Calvin nods. And he says, um, you know, Claire... Claire was appointed the keeper of, of his wand. She has it, so... I mean, of course, she already has incredible security being minister, but um, I'm, I'm trying to keep a really close eye on things. Okay. So... What about um, families or family friends that... I guess we're kind of ambivalent during the war that is definitely a concern um several people um whether rightfully or not got off of their charges um by either giving up more information or um trying to prove that they they really were working um behind the scenes to do uh to, to fix some of it um but of course when the other team wins, people switch sides. So it's kind of hard to know where some people stand. Um, so we really have to keep a close eye on them, those families, those people. But at the same time, we can't accuse anybody of anything because it's not right um, to assume that people always follow their families' allegiances. 
Um, and Jameson kind of glances over at Carver and then back to you. Um, do you know how the Kim family stood during the war? Um, Jameson uh, is the only one in the room who looks surprised when you mention that name. Um, he uh, he kind of furrows his eyebrows and he goes, "You know, uh, no, actually, I'm not. I'm not sure at all. Uh, I know. I know both of her parents work for the Sanctum, um, but I don't know. I don't know necessarily where they stood. I mean, if if they're still in the Sanctum, then they they have been, you know." either deemed worthy from uh, from after the clearing out of the sanctum with all the corruption or they um, were cleared after an investigation if they were there during the war I'm not I'm not enti- entirely sure when they joined um, I know uh, I know Elise Kim she's she's part of the source and gamut I'm, I'm not sure what um, what Howard Kim does though yeah nobody seems to be sure <laughs> sorry um Okay. That's, that's, uh, okay. Right. So, is, is that all about that? Uh, I, I think that's, that's everything that we have right now. We just need to keep an eye out. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, well, while you're all here, I, um, it's more of a, more of a personal thing than, than anything else, but you all know about my, um, you know, the whole family predicament thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more information came to light, I guess. So, presumably, my bio mom was uh, a serpentine in the same year as my dad. And I don't really know anyone like that, but maybe we could get a yearbook or something. I don't know. Just hope we'd have yearbooks. I'm really. Um, I'm gonna sit down. Yeah, uh, please. Um, uh, Calvin and Jameson um, exchange a glance and they go, We can definitely look into it. I don't think there are um, yearbooks at Hogweed, but, um, you know, information has to be documented somewhere. Of course, it'd be too easy if there were yearbooks at Hogweed. All right. Wouldn't it be? Um, yeah, uh, so so Henry kind of sits beside you on the couch in his his office, and he like like rubs your back a little bit um, while you try to readjust. I thought this summer was going to be easier, but it's another it's another summer of revelations, I guess. <laughs> Man, I I don't think things are going to get easier for a little bit. No, I don't think so. Maybe we should, um, maybe we should get you home. Okay. uh, And I'll write to my friends. Is it all right if I share with them what you've said, or should I wait until we're in person? No, feel feel free to, to share anything. You don't think there's a possibility that our owls could get, could get tapped? I don't know the word for it. <laughs> I don't uh I don't think they're really looking at student owls right now. Worst case, just give That's them a fair. call on the fireplace. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Um It's good to see you all. Um Professor Jameson, Professor Carver, Calliope. 
Henry. Henry, um, he kind of stands up with you and he says, come on, I'll, um, I'll walk you to the, to the fireplace. Professor Carver. Mm-hmm. Is Celeste doing okay? She's doing all right. Um, she, um, she's been really wonderful with, um, her mother and the twins. She's, um, she's stronger than, than I could ever imagine. I think she's a bit stronger than even that. <laughs> Probably. I've learned to, I've learned to stop underestimating her. Good. Good. Also, why did you think that Catherine and I were dating? That just happened. Celeste, Celeste told me that you were, were dating. Um, she said that, because uh, I asked if, um, you know what? Never mind. She, uh, she just mentioned it. I'm, uh, that's all she said. She said nothing else. Oh, okay. Um, well, we, we only started dating like yesterday. So, well, so you are, kind of- but, but you are, you dating? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, yeah, we kind of, we kind of talked about it, um, yesterday. So, um, yeah. Catherine, the attacker. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He nods a bit, um, and you could just see, like, something in his face is just kind of like, Calvin will remember this later. Uh, but, like, filed away in his brain. Oh, He's just like, forgot. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. Um, she seems lovely. I mean, she's my student. I know her. She's she's great. She is great. She's great. She's a, yeah. She's she's a good friend. Well, she's also, I guess, I is that weird to say that now? Um, she's cool. She broom, she broom zooms. She zooms on the, uh, that, on the broom. That she does. Um, okay. he, he like opens his mouth and he's like, how many of you are, you know what? Um, you know, never mind. Uh, no, you know, it's, we're, uh, never mind. Um, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. Fine. Um, maybe you can, uh, visit Celeste at some point this summer. That would be good. Yeah. I missed her. Mr. Law. <laughs> he like he like kind of like looks off to the side. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, I think uh, she'd appreciate um, seeing you." Okay, inside check. Sure, you can inside check. That's <laughs> that's a four. <laughs> uh, he's very supportive of your relationship Aww, and your friendship so nice. with Celeste. Perfect, incredible. Also, you think he might have a thing for frogs. Seems frogs? like a frog boy. Frogs? frogs. What? Where did that come from? You got a four. Four for frogs. His the eyes are green. Four stands for frogs. Okay. Four stands for frogs. His eyes are green. That means he likes frogs, you think? Oh, is that how that works? Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Your eyes are gray. That means he likes rainstorms. That is true. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we should stop doing this when we are in our no think brains um <laughs> okay it's said all right up until this point <laughs> yeah so uh henry henry escorts you to the fireplace he says i know today was kind of a lot for you um but I, I i love getting to spend time with you and it's great that we see each other more now that i'm at hogweed um doing an actual important job yeah it's still really super weird to call you a professor though Sorry, you only have to do that in front of other students, though. But okay. um, I'm was... I'm excited. I'm excited for this next year. There's there's gonna be some uh, 
big surprises that'll definitely make it more interesting um Wait, he some looks... big surprises no you got to tell me right now if you know surprises. absolutely not uh hey. i think it'll be more fun if you guys find out with everybody else no no i don't want to find out with everyone else i want to find out now Henry. He... <laughs> he looks amused at you as you pester him but he's not gonna say a word oh come um... on professor carver come here <laughs> <laughs> he looks excited for whatever he's talking about, but at the same time, you can tell there's a layer of nervousness. Nervousness? Why are you nervous? Why are you... I'm supposed to be the nervous one. What's going on? He, uh, he, he, like, shepherds you towards the fireplace. No, he's like, Henry, come gotta on. go home now. No, but you gotta get out of my house. You gotta get out, get out of my house, Ren. Henry, come on! Get out of my goddamn house! He like pushes Henry. you in the in the fireplace, and he throws <laughs> floof powder at your feet and goes, "Wait, Red Tyranny's house!" And you move back home. About the surprise! Oh my god! That's me going you, back in. Yep. You arrive back to your home where your mother is cooking dinner—a very healthy one, of course—and your dad is making notes based on a program off of BBC Sports. Um, he reaches beside him and holds up a letter and says, Hey, champ, this arrived for you while you were gone. Gotten quite popular, haven't you? A letter? Another one? Okay. Uh, so you recognize the handwriting on the letter. It's from Catherine. Though it looks to be scrawled quickly and without much care. Okay. Run. I'm going to stay with my sister. I don't really know what's going on, but my parents never came home yesterday. Neither of them. Nobody have seen them since they left work yesterday. They seem to be missing. This has never happened before, so I don't really know what to do. But I'll keep you updated. Don't worry about me, though. I'll be fine. Promise. Yours, Cat. Your heart sinks to the pit of your stomach, and you have the feeling that something very terrible has happened. You don't know whether Ty has also been hurt by whatever's going on, or maybe if Ty is the reason they've gone missing. Either way, one thing is for sure. Things are getting worse, and it wouldn't be long before something slips and the news gets out. But really, what's the worst that could happen? End of session. You motherfucker. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, it's Ren. Thank you for listening. It means so much to us. If you like what you hear and want to hear more from us, check out our Patreon. We really depend on your support, and the more support we get, the more fun content we can create for you. Go to patreon.com forward slash themodifivers and join the team. That's patreon.com forward slash T-H-E-M-O-D-I-5-E-R-S. Patrons get access to all sorts of magical stuff like a certain quiz, early release episodes, and loads of behind-the-scenes bonus content, as well as some deleted scenes. You get VIP access to all sorts of crazy goings-on from the Sorcery Sisters and the Modifivers alike. Don't worry if you can't commit to a monthly donation. You can also support us by leaving a small one-time donation on Ko-fi, and that's ko-fi.com forward slash the Modifivers. You can also follow at Pod on a variety of social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We post updates, art, and most importantly, memes, frequently, so be sure to check us out. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have any thoughts on the last Broomsome game, I took some notes and I really think... Another time? Okay, sorry. Speaking of thoughts, 
We'd love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to Unsourceled. Drop a name in your review and we'll give you a shout out at the end of the next episode. I'm happy to say hi and I know Louisa, Celeste, and Imogen would be delighted as well. <laughs> you can also ask an NPC or the God of Fiverr herself. The past six months have been absolutely wonderful and it's been so cool to see how much our family has grown in such a short time. <laughs> Please keep sharing, leave some reviews and comments, and take care of yourself also. Honestly, if anyone wants to play some brooms in with Louisa and I, I would love to make a plan because I think Celeste is tired of me asking about a two-on-two -two and Imogen is usually distracted by the moss that grows on the pitch, so... Oh, okay, I'll leave it for next time. Sorry. Anyways, thanks again for listening!